Unified School District for January 9th, 2024 is now called to order at 5.01 p.m. Roll call, please. Thank you, Commissioner Alexander. Here. Commissioner Fisher. Here. Commissioner Lamb. Commissioner Matamidi. Here. Commissioner Sanchez. Vice President Wiseman Ward. President Bogus. Here. <laughs> what did I just do? <laughs> Commissioner Allen, that's four. Okay, yes, sorry. Gotcha. All right. Perfect. Uh, so uh, at this time, before the board goes into closed session, I will call for any speakers to the closed session items listed in the agenda. There will be a total of five minutes for speakers. There are none in person. All right. Are there any virtual? We have no virtual participants. Okay. At this time, I now recess the meeting at 5.02 p.m. SFGovTV, San Francisco Government Television.
SFGovTV, San Francisco Government Television.
SFGovTV, San Francisco Government Television.
SFGovTV, San Francisco Government Television. SFGovTV, San Francisco Government Television.
SFGovTV, San Francisco Government Television.
SFGovTV, San Francisco Government Television.
to open session. Uh, and we'll start with uh, item C, uh, and we will uh, vote on um, student expulsion matters. So we'll start with C1. I move approval of the stipulated expulsion agreement for one middle school student, matter number 2023-2024, number 20, for the remainder of the spring 2024 semester through June 2024. The student will remain at Civic Center during the expulsion period. Can I have a second? Second. Can we have a roll call vote, please? Thank you. Commissioner Alexander? Yes. Commissioner Fisher? Yes. Commissioner Lamb? Yes. Commissioner Matamidi? Yes. Commissioner Sanchez? Yes. Vice President Wiseman Ward? Yes. President Bogus? Yes. Seven eyes. Thank you. Uh, I also want to note that uh, Commissioner Sanchez is joining us via Zoom, as was notated um, with the agenda and the postings for the documents, um, so folks are aware. Uh, next, we'll go to the second item on C, which is the report from closed session, uh, which I will read now. In one matter of anticipated litigation, the board, by a vote of seven yeses, gives direction to the general counsel. In the matter of student DD versus SFUSD OAH case number 2023110609, the board by a vote of seven yeses gives the authority of the district to pay up to the stipulated amount. In the matter of student GKC versus SFUSD, OAH case number 2023040759. The board, by a vote of seven yeses, gives the authority of the district to pay up to the stipulated amount. In the matter of student DW versus SFUSD, OAH case number 2023110057. The board, by a vote of seven yeses, gives the authority of the district to pay up to the stipulated amount. On a vote of seven to zero, the board approves the settlement of lit litigation with two plaintiffs. In the matter of Jane Doe's one and two versus SFUSD, San Francisco Superior Kate Court case number CGC, Two two six zero one four five one, and that concludes the readout from closed session. Uh, and at this time, I will make uh, an adjustment to the agenda. We are reorganizing. Um, we are relocating item D to come after public comment. Uh, so the board will vote on the rules and procedures the ethics and conflict of interest statement and the election of officers for the upcoming year um, after what is currently listed as item H. Um, and so with that, we will go to what is currently listed as item E, which is our opening items, and I will read um, our land acknowledgement before going to the superintendent and student delegate reports. We, the San Francisco Board of Education, Acknowledge that we are on the unceded ancestral homelands of the Ramatushaloni, 
who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the indigenous stewards of this land and in accordance with their traditions, the Ramatush Ohlone have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well as for all people who reside in their traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramatush community and by affirming their sovereign rights as First People. And with that, we will go to item E2, which is approval of board minutes for the regular meeting of December 12, 2023, and the workshop meeting of December 19, 2023. Can I have a second on the minutes? Second. Can I have someone to move the minutes so in a second? Thank I'll you. I'll second it. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, are there any corrections on either sets of the minutes? Seeing none, uh, roll call vote, please. Thank you. Commissioner Alexander? Yes. President Bogus? Yes. Commissioner Fisher? Yes. Commissioner Lamb? Yes. Commissioner Matamidi? Yes. Commissioner Sanchez? Yes. yes. Vice President Wiseman Ward. Yes. Seven nice. Thank you. Uh, and with that, we will transition to item E5, which is the superintendent's report. <clears throat> Thank you, President Bogus, and uh, Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome back. Um, and as we come back, just wanted to um, share, it was a wonderful week before break uh, with a lot of different activities at our school. Uh, this is at a Mission Ed Education Center. I got to go and uh, visit there during their regalitas. So for those who don't know, Mission Education Center serves our newcomer students. So these are students who've been here um, you know, most of them within came to the country within the past year. And so um, the, the community comes together and gives the students holiday gifts before leaving for the break. Uh, regalitos is Spanish for little gifts. And so it's just neat, not just to see how much the kids enjoyed them, but to appreciate the madrinas, the godmothers in the community who come out and bring, uh, bring the gifts to the, the students. So. Um, that was fun, and I hope people had uh, a good break, um, and we're back at it. And I do want to start off, we're back at it, still working to address some of our payroll issues. I, when I've been doing my updates, I share how we're doing in addressing our tickets uh, overall from when we uh, declared a state of a payroll state of emergency, as well as the last month. And you can see um, we're still down um, overall, and we reached our lowest point during break because we had an opportunity to address tickets before without new issues coming forward. Uh, and then it's ticked up as we've gotten to the end of the year. Um, that's if you see in the monthly, the monthly trends. Um, again, as long as there's you know, more than one outstanding ticket, we uh, haven't done our job in making sure that everybody uh, has their issues resolved. Um, what I can't say we did do, uh, but I, what was positive is we ended the year, last year's year end close was very difficult, meaning the closing the calendar year. 
And uh, this year we uh, were on one hand, on the one hand, it was a much better process and much fewer errors as we ended the year. On the other hand, it's still too much work using the system to do these processes. Uh, and so we're still in the conversation of doing our due diligence about finding a whole, uh, what we call um, enterprise resource planning system that will meet the needs of a district. And in particular, I want to highlight, we're looking at systems that already are working with K-12 districts because that's what's unique about K-12, our K-12 districts are unique in that there's the end of the calendar year and then, but we work on a fiscal year that goes from July 1 to June 30th. And we need a system that is configured that way and um, not relying on us to set it up but has been implemented in, in various uh, uh, K-12 districts. So we'll have, um, uh, another report on uh, that process and finding our enterprise resource planning system for all aspects of budget accounting finance um, at the at our next regularly scheduled meeting uh, when um, we also as we start the new calendar year um, it's also time to be thinking about the next school year and the deadline to apply to our schools is February 2nd um, and so I want to make sure that if your child's entering transitional kindergarten, kindergarten, middle school, or high school, that they apply for a new school. And if you've already gotten in, thank you. We're very excited to welcome your child to our schools next year. Um, and if you haven't gotten in, we've tried to make it as easy as possible. You can go to sfusd.edu, apply uh, to learn about the process and apply online, or come in if you want to do a paper application. Um, we're also very excited to be um, uh, starting to uh, allow people to apply for our first teacher housing project at the Shirley Chisholm Village. It'll be, uh, provide 135 affordable homes for families and individuals in San Francisco, and we're prioritizing SFUSD educators and employees. So uh, make sure if you haven't had a chance to do so, get uh, your application in. And uh, this really appreciate the partnership with Mayor London Breed, the Mayor's Office of Housing and Community Development, Midpen and Midpen Housing to work together to provide this affordable housing opportunity. And it's one of many that we know we need to work on to ensure that uh, our employees uh, have options for affordable housing if they're working in the city and living in the city. Um, and then just as we start the new year, I want to share, we're very excited to start the second semester of our first full year of the Mission Bay Hub. Um, so as, remember the mission, as, as a reminder, the Mission Bay Hub is um, focused on uh, STEM and is an advanced bridge into health and life science and other STEM fields. Uh, and we do that through partnerships with UCSF and Mission Bay. And so last semester, our students learned about neuroscience, culminating in a neuroscience poster session uh, and modeled after the products and forums you would expect to see in a post-secondary or professional science context. And our scholars worked in research groups and they each got to work with the UCSF neuroscience mentor in their area of focus. And so again, just hearing, you know, seeing our students have these opportunities, this is what it means to graduate college and career ready and really to help them find their passion. Um, so, also, want to highlight, um, you know, we work hard to provide um, students with uh, good food and healthy food, and 
Um, every three years, school districts assess their wellness policies following the 2016 final rule of the United States Department of, of Agriculture. So these are assessments we're required to do, and we go through the process. Um, and the focus is to create healthier school environments that boost students' well-being and learning. And um, going through that process, the wellness policy triennial assessment found that our wellness policy achieved high scores in nutrition standards for limiting competing foods, standards for USDA school meals, and wellness pr promotion and marketing. Um, if, and if you've had one of our, um, uh, well, what are they called? The, um, bicycle smoothies where the students make smoothies uh, sometimes from, you know, uh, um, ingredients that we've grown in our gardens, you know that we're making a real effort to support students' wellness. And so you can learn about our wellness policy uh, at our website and just do a search for wellness. Um, with that, just a reminder, we don't have school on Monday uh, in recognition of Martin Luther King Day. And, uh, you know, as a district that's committed to educational equity and anti-racism, this is an important day for uh, reflection uh, and both on what's been accomplished in terms of achieving civil rights and how much more work we have to do as a society as well. Uh, that concludes my report. Thank you, Superintendent. Uh, and with that, we will go to the student delegates report. Student delegates. Everyone had a good break. Um, so the SAC did a couple meetings in the last month, and we did talk a lot about firearm policies, and a lot of students have expressed concerns about their safety. So we're working with the school district, and we hope to make it more clear um, to families and students, especially on the website, what exactly the policies are and the procedures to ensure that everyone feels safe at school. We also got the opportunity to meet over the break. We met up with the San Francisco Youth Commission as well as the MTA's Special Student Board, and we got a personal tour of the cable car barn as well as we all got to ride the cable car together, and it was a really nice meetup of a lot of promising student leaders, and we had a great time, and we hope to continue doing things like this in the future. Thank you so much for your report. Uh, and with that, we will transition to what is listed on our agenda as item F, public comment. Uh, we will start with public comment for agenda items, um, and we'll start with um, students in person who would want to provide public comment. I have a handful of cards here. I'm not sure if there's a student in the card, if there, if there is a student. No? Maybe there's a, okay. So no students in person. Yeah, and so are we going to do the in-person cards? We're going to do the... Oh, you want to do the in-person? Let's do the in-person cards and let's do virtual students when we switch over oh. to virtual, if that's okay. Sorry, misunderstood. All right. No worries. Great. A few here. Sharif Zakut, Wasim Haj, Dima Hinabul, excuse me if I'm mispronouncing, Tariq Saman, Noor B, and Patrick... Wolf, sorry. <laughs> I know your name. All right. I have one minute each. Hello, good evening. We good? Uh, good evening, members of the board. My name is Sharif Zakut. Apologies, I, I'm a little sick today, but I'm here because I think this is a very important topic. Um, we are here to speak to today on the calendar, uh, the academic year. We know that right now the proposal is for the two academic calendars. and. We have been a part of this fight to get Eid on the calendar for almost three years at this point. 
And we feel that the district has been a really bad faith partner in actually working with us to figure out a solution instead of actually working with us to implement EAD, it felt at the very start that there was no um, no, con no real uh, intention to do so. And so all we wanted to say is that, please, if you're gonna accept a calendar, accept the first year. Let's come together the second year to continue working. You can't actually work with a community if they are dealing with the middle of a genocide. We are still reeling from it. I lost over two dozen family members in three months. I don't know how anyone can wrap their mind around that. And this isn't just Palestinian students, Yemeni students, Iraqi students, Syrian students. This is affecting all of our community. So if you wanna be a good faith partner, don't launch an investigation on us. Don't continue to bully our students. Listen to your communities and work with us. Do not vote on the second year. Please just Thanks. stick with the first. Good evening, members of the board. Uh, my name is Wasim. I'm with the Arab Resource and Organizing Center. Uh, as you just heard from my colleague, Sharif, um, I'm sure you guys are aware, we've been watching the news for months now. Um, the Arab and Muslim community of San Francisco has been struggling, fighting um, against uh, a literal genocide that is ongoing. Um, I do not know a single Palestinian in San Francisco who has not lost family. Um, all of us are just came back from San Francisco Board of Supervisors meeting where a historic ceasefire resolution was passed. Um, our community is fighting like hell and our community desperately needs you not to put more pressure on your students, not to make the Arab and Muslim families who are already experiencing a incredible spike in racism feel more isolated. Uh, and feel like the school district that is supposed to represent them is against them. Um, please, you have an opportunity here to just pass the one calendar year where aid is on a holiday, and then we can continue a collaborative process uh, and get that second year passed with aid as we all collectively worked on in the years past. Thank you. Good evening, all. Uh, my name is Tarek Saman. Um, I'm here today, I'm really pissed off, to be honest. I'm angry, I'm frustrated, but I'm also very tired. Been waking up 5 a.m. Myself and our community, our eyes are glued to the TV, watching the news, watching the genocide happening to our people. Maid um, resolution is important to us, and we need it, but also we are very tired. And we have no faith and hope in that you will give us what we want and what we need. Some of the youth, can you imagine yourself for a second? You are a youth who worked on this resolution, stayed up late at night on school days to pass this resolution. Next year, they're going to graduate from high school. They're not going to even see the fruit of their labor. So please, at least vote for one year, even though I don't want that. I want the aid resolution to happen next year. Our committee was so happy, was so proud of you all. And they were like very excited that this is happening. And now we're very disappointed. I think it's very disrespectful. So please, for the simple-minded of us, can you give us an, like a clear answer that is very easy to understand for why, after you have passed the resolution, now it's not on the calendar? Why? I don't, I don't understand. Thank you. 
Hi, everyone. My name is Noor. I'm the youth organizer with Iraq, and I work with um, Arab families, youth, and parents. Um, and I've worked with them for years now. Um, I was also a student at Mission High School in San Francisco. And I also want to say that I'm very, very, I'm just feeling very tired, to be honest. And um, coming here, you know, day after day, month after month, year after year, to demand that Eid be implemented as a holiday, and it's not implemented as a holiday, um, even though the community has been showing up, meeting after meeting for like more than three years, um, and um, just like what what does it mean for the emotional and psychological well well being of our youth, who already feel failed, and neglected neglect neglected and marginalized by the district. Um, not only because Eid is not a holiday, but also because of the investigation that the district has filed against our community and the organization uh, I work with. Um, so please, if you can't have Eid as a holiday for now, at least don't vote for this calendar without Eid. Uh, you know, just vote for one year and until we can figure it out as a community uh, on next steps. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, my name is Dima Hindawi. I am also with the Arab Resource and Organizing Center. Coming back into this room reminded me the amount of hours that we've been in here. As other folks have mentioned before me, we are exhausted. Our community is experiencing a genocide and we're always in the streets. We're spending hours in City Hall. We're back here. Our folks would be here today if they weren't so exhausted. They'll come back too, so just also reminding you of that. It's a really difficult time for everyone right now and folks are still getting ready mobilizing also folks filled out the surveys around the calendaring acknowledging that Haid was not recognized on that calendar and was not included in that calendar at least 13% of surveys mentioned that which is actually pretty significant and um, we are just asking today that for this calendar, you approve the first year, but not the second year. And then we also want to recognize, give me one second, y'all, um, that the school district speaks about the importance of process and governance, but where is our resolution? The Aid resolution passed, so why is it not being implemented? On top of that, there was a vote to rescind it and it failed. So where is our resolution? Why is our community not being respected? And again, I want to reiterate that right now is a very difficult time for our community. So please keep that in mind. Thank you. So. Yep. Hi, good evening. Uh, totally different topic. So um, you're going to be choosing your leadership this evening, and I'd like to talk to you a bit about how you prioritize this year's activities. Um, there's a famous line from The Sun Also Rises where one of the characters is asked, how did you go bankrupt? And the answer is two ways, gradually and then suddenly. We are currently entering the suddenly phase, and we're dealing with that crisis. But we've actually been one of the very, very best funded school districts in the state of California, and we've been gradually going bankrupt for many years. And that is forcing us into difficult choices. The broader community has no understanding of these issues, and it is the job of the Board of Education, community one level down, to go into the community and educate them about what's happening, why, and the choices that we face. I wish you and I urge you wisdom as you 
embark on your prioritization this year. Thank you. Thank you. That concludes in-person public comment. If we can see if there's any students who'd want to provide virtual public comment on agenda items. Okay, at this time, if you are a student, please raise your hand if you care to speak to any of the items that are currently on the agenda. Again, this is a time for students to speak. Soha? Oh, I'm sorry, can we please have that repeated in Spanish and Chinese? This is a time for students to speak to agenda items. Each student will have one minute to speak. Este es el momento para los estudiantes que tengan comentario en cuanto a los puntos de la agenda. Cada uno tendrá un minuto para hablar y si puede levantar su mano para saber quiénes son. Gracias. Thank you. Soha? Yes, uh, can you hear me? Yes. Perfect, thank you. Um, I'm a mom of um, oh, students. Soha, I'm sorry to interrupt you. This is a time for students. We will hear from um, the rest of, we'll hear from other folks later. We're hearing from students right now, so I'll come back to you. Can I speak on behalf of my kids? Again, this is a time for students to speak. I will call, I see two hands raised, Sarah and Zaina. Sarah? Hello, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Okay. So my name is Sarah Ushan, and I'm actually the one who started the aid resolution petition. And it's really disappointing to hear that SFUSD backed down from their decision. You guys did vote yes, and taking it away just harmed the community, especially like our community is going through a genocide right now, and it's not easy. We've been out on the streets protesting, and we want our students to be heard. Students in SFUSD schools can't even talk about the genocide. like. People are dying, and you're telling them that they can't talk about it. And so, like, this aid um, resolution would be very good for our community, and it's been affecting students for many years. And we're just asking for the very minimum just for this school year. It doesn't have to be for the next one. We'll organize when the time comes, but we're just asking for the very minimum, especially since you guys did say yes already. Thank you. Thank you. Zaina? <laughs> Hi, can you hear me? Yes. Um, I'm a student at Lowell High School and um, I also want to speak on behalf of the aid to get aid on the school calendar. Like Sarah said, like it was voted yes before and I don't understand why it was like taken away. Uh, it doesn't harm anyone if anything, it only does good. And it honestly like disappoints me that it's we're still asking to have a holiday on the calendar. It's a special holiday to many Muslims, all Muslims actually, and there are a good amount of students in schools that are Muslim, and I think that there's, passing this, there's no harm, and it would, if anything, it just helps the community. Thank you. Thank you. That does conclude virtual public comment from our students for agenda items.
Okay, if we can go to all other folks, if we could start with the person who we um, told to, to wait for the adult comments first. Okay, so at this time we'll take a public comment from everyone else. Uh, students, you're still welcome to share your public comments. Um, each speaker will have one minute. Can we please have that repeated in Spanish and Chinese? En este momento estamos tomando comentarios públicos de cualquier persona. Cada quien va a tener un minuto para poder hablar. Muchísimas gracias. Chinese. Thank you. Soha. Yes, um, thank you so much. Um, I'm speaking on behalf of my kids and as well as a lot of families and um, District 5, District 6, a lot of other families in San Francisco. This is basically was very disappointing because this is the second time we have been promised that it will be on the agenda and we have hope and like after all and that waiting, have been waiting uh, every single year to have it on the agenda but at the same time, I don't know, something happened like, um, I don't want like to be negative, but it's always been this false hope that it will be second next year, next year, but it didn't happen. But please consider it, and please like consider that what we are passing through, it is a very depressing mood because of the genocide. So please like be on your uh, like words and keep your promise and keep it on your uh, on your calendar. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jennifer. Hey, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Okay, first, as a district educator, I was super excited that this board was finally going to deliver on President Gabriela Lopez and Vice President Alison Collins uh, spearheading of a two calendar years approved time resolution, but extremely disappointed by the lack of equity in the second year of the calendar in particular. Approved one year tonight, and it was kind of gross that in your or Q&As, then you try to use the fact that 14, over 14% of the survey respondents asked for need is not important because your response rate was less than 2% of the district. If we really believe in equity, like Dr. Wayne said, we don't do math like that. That was just a shameful answer. I'm also calling in because I oppose the raises for the upper management staff. I'd like to suggest that given that the district admits that upper management has comparable staffs to other districts in the local area, that the problem is not the pay, it's the management structure and the superintendent. Thank, Thank you, you, Jennifer. Thank you. Tom? Hi, uh, I'm a parent and a special education teacher in the district. Once again, I feel like I said this at least 10 times, uh, would like Dr. Wayne and the board to come visit our school and visit all schools. That should be the very first step. Um, I don't know how many times it needs to be said. Work at doors, work at welcome anytime. I don't know why I have to keep saying that. Um, other thing is, I, I think I heard yesterday at the SPED reopener, which I'm part of for the bargaining, because the district did not bargain a good base of, around SPED. Um, there's over 40, 40 uh, special education teacher openings and over 250 para openings. And we're filling some of those paras openings with agency, but we're paying three times that amount. This has to, you know, that has always been an issue in the nine years I've taught it, but we don't, we say we care, but then we don't do anything. Look at how much you spend on lawsuits. 
So I really hope that you stop saying that the district bargained in good faith when they did it. Because if they did, then we would have to have this reopener to lower the caseload so special education teachers like myself and paraprofessionals can actually serve students instead of running around trying to manage without any district support. Thank you. Tahir? Yes. Yeah, uh, hi, my name is Tahir Zaman. Um, I live in San Francisco uh, along with my wife and our child. Uh, I'm calling you today uh, as both a parent and as a Muslim of the community. Uh, I think it was August 2022 uh, when I first saw the great news that uh, <clears throat> this uh, board had passed a resolution to support adding aid as an official holiday to the school district calendar. Um, today is it's, uh, January 2024, and it looks like we're nowhere closer to that goal. And in fact, it looks like we're heading further away from that goal. Um, I would encourage the board to only approve the first year and to look to ways to add the aid to the, uh, the second year calendar as well. Thank you. Thank you. Aaron? Hi, my name is Aaron from uh, with Parish Public Schools of San Francisco. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Thank you. Um, yes, I wanted to just address the issue of uh, the lack of uh, pay and retention for the support staff, like um, social workers, counselors, paraprofessionals, uh, when we have been discussing throughout this academic year the interim goals and guardrails, it seems like none of those can be fully achieved without these support staff, especially for keeping up with like uh, reading retention and math equivalency, um, but especially the feeling of self-belonging in the school, which will, will reduce the um, a high rate of truancy for students. Um, those support staff are crucial to students feeling like they are seen and known and heard. So I want to make sure that they are paid and retained well. Thank you. Thank you. Chris? changes to school start times were suddenly implemented. 
arrested after the close of the school year with no warning to our community. Thank Finally, you. That, where that are is the your time. UBSF and SEIU got? Thank you. Mary? Hi everyone, my name is Mary Salome. I'm an ALOC member and I'm biking because I know there were a lot of people who couldn't be here tonight because they were at City Hall earlier today and everyone's exhausted. It's really painful for me to hear people having to beg for something that they were told we were going to get. Um, I understand that you might not be able to do figure out year two today, at least pause the second year of discussion and wait so that we can figure out how to resolve whatever issues are going on that are keeping E from being in the calendar. I know that not, this process has been incredibly stressful for people at a time when there's more stress than I can even try to describe to you. So whatever you can do to clarify the process and resolve getting E on the calendar would have an immensely positive impact on this community. Thank you very much. Thank you. Sarah? Good evening, board members. Nice to see you all. Um, I am uh, calling in today because I am concerned that a proposal that was written and put forth by students about Eid, they did everything right. They went through all the channels. They were pushed up against, we all know who pushed Eid out and what happened. In the context in which we are living right now, it is important to take a stand. And this is a way that the school district can do it. It impacts our community. I hope you will consider it. Thank you. Thank you. Erin? Did I call it? Oh, I, sorry. Okay. That does conclude our virtual uh, public comment. Thank you so much. I believe we have one more in-person public comment before we go to non-agenda item public comment. Yes, we do. Bushra. Hi, guys. So I came late, but you know what? I don't know if you guys remember the day when we say yes to the aid resolution. I was with my students here, also with my group here with Iraqs. So I wanted you guys to Guess advice. I'm a teacher and I'm a parent as well. And uh, I just want to give you guys that advice to get the students trust and also the children. So by saying yes, I mean, I don't know what you guys get to lose. Money? Money, you can, we can make it. But the trauma and the, the, the loss of faith in the kid's life, that's not when I got to get it. So please, if you consider, I want you guys to, I mean, I don't know, try. I, maybe it's difficult for you, but I think you guys can do it. You guys can do it. You can do it. You can say it's just, it's not, maybe easy, it's not easy, but I think you will do it. And so please say yes to the aid or just keep, I think, you know, I know you guys, we have this aid coming. It's got to be around the holiday. But I think next year we don't know. So if you guys do that, I think you will make a difference in the kids' life and the students as well. And also for the community, the Muslim community. Thank you so much. That concludes in person. Excuse me, in person. Thank you. Uh, do we have any cards in person for non-agenda items? 
We do not. Okay. Can we see if we have any hands virtually for non-agenda items? At this time, we will take public comment on non-agenda items. Each speaker will have one minute. Can we please have that repeated in Spanish and Chinese? En este momento se están tomando comentarios públicos que no están en particular en la agenda. Cada ponente va a tener un minuto para poder hablar. Gracias. Chinese. Thank you. Jennifer? Hi, I'm calling in about UESF and SEIU's recently settled contract and the letter that the superintendent said your school staff site are all people in UESF and SEIU after most of us went on winter break, informing us that we should not expect to see our raises or retroactive payments until the end of March. This is unacceptable. You already had the contract for an extra month before approving it at the board meeting last month. By this, by the end of March, we will be almost done with the first contract year. And I find it hard to believe that unrepresented management will also be expecting their election done. Someone calls me both of theirs right away. No one in other management should be getting a raise if it's going to take you five months to get this done. Thank you. Aaron? Yes, thank you. Um, I just had another comment about the pay for um, teachers and the, and the status of getting those privileges. Wonderful news to hear that that um, rate was lowered. Um, I mean, the, a lot of progress was made over the break, and I would just like to know, you know, how much more can be progress can be predicted um, throughout the rest of this academic year and over the summer, maybe when things are slower. It would be really helpful to have a goal in mind so we don't have to keep wondering about how to support our teachers financially and keep them retained in the district. Um, I appreciate the work you're doing so far, though. Thank you. Thank you. Nasheen. Yes, we can hear you. Uh, I'm a parent and I actually joined the meeting late as I wanted to make a call about the Eid um, item. Is that still allowed? Right now we're only um, taking comments on non-agenda items. Thank you. Sarah? Hi, my name's Sarah. I'm an SF um, Unified Parent. And I just want to express my disappointment that we are still talking about the payroll. And that's really all I have to say. Fix the problem, please. Thank you. Amy? Hi, my name is Amy Richard. I'm both a parent and a teacher for the district. And I really just want to be here to speak in support of Muslim students and families. 
And I think EAD is the way to do that. Sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Amy. That is, uh, or that is an, a, an agenda item, and we are right now commenting on um, items that are not on the agenda. Okay, thank you. Thank you. That does conclude a, a virtual public comment for non-agenda items. Okay, thank you so much for that. Uh, thank you to everyone who gave public comment this evening, both virtual and in person. Um, and with that, we will conclude item F, which is public comment, and we will now go to what was originally listed as item D, which is the annual organizational meeting for the board. And I will start that um, by uh, beginning the process with D1. Um, Readopting the Board of Education rules and procedures. Um, as stipulated in the series 900, the board shall readopt its rules at the first regular board meeting of the year. Thus, may I hear a motion and a second for the annual readoption of Board of Education Rules and Procedures 9000. So moved. Second. Thank you. Uh, comments from board members or the superintendent at this time? Seeing no comments from commissioners or the superintendent at this time, if we could have a roll call vote, please. Thank you. Student Delegate Simpson? Yes. Student Delegate Toe? Yes. Commissioner Alexander? Yes. Commissioner Fisher? Yes. Commissioner Lamb? Yes. Commissioner Matamidi? Yes. Commissioner Sanchez? Yes. Vice President Wiseman Ward? Yes. President Bogus? Yes. Seven eyes. Thank you. Okay, we'll go to item uh, was listed as D2, approval of ethics and conflict of interest statements. Uh, I will pass it to the ad hoc committee chair to present. Um, thank you, President Bogus. Um, and I made a report on this at our last meeting. Um, again, thanks to my colleagues who were on the committee for the work we did together. Are there other, do any board members have questions or comments on this item? Okay. Um, Keep moving. Yeah, can we have a motion, a second on this item? So moved. Second. Roll call vote, please. Thank you. Student Delegate Simpson? Yes. Student Delegate Toe? Yes. Commissioner Alexander? Yes. Commissioner Fisher? Yes. Commissioner Lamb? Yes. Commissioner Matamidi? Yes. Commissioner Sanchez? Yes. Vice President Wiseman Ward? Yes. President Bogus? Yes. Seven eyes. Thank you. And I think we're going to give commissioners a moment to sign said. Uh, document statement
All right. Thank you for that. Um, and with that, we will move to item D3, which is the election of officers for the 2024 calendar year for the Board of Education. As a reminder to the public, reminder to the board and the public, this type of election is by vote, voice vote. We will adhere to the following procedures. Any commissioner may nominate another commissioner or themselves. Nominations do not require a second. A commissioner may vote for themselves. If a commissioner is nominated by a colleague, the commissioner must accept or reject the nomination. Once all nominations are received and accepted, commissioners will have up to two minutes to make a statement about the nominee if they wish to do so. Pursuant to the board's revised rules and procedures, if no commissioner receives a supermajority, which is five votes, the board will hold a second organizational meeting for nominations at its next scheduled board meeting in January. Okay. I declare nominations are now open for the presidency of the Board of Education for the year of 2024. Are there any nominations? Vice President Weissman. Thank you. Um, as current Vice President of the School Board, it is a privilege and an honor to initiate the nomination process for the incoming leadership team. I know that many might assume that I would seek to move into the role of President, but in my year as Vice President, it has become particularly clear what the requisite capacity is to effectively serve in a leadership role, and at this time, I simply don't have it. Perhaps just as, if not more important, was the opportunity I had to observe and think about the specific qualifications, including skill sets, attributes, and qualities that are most critical to a leadership team. In addition to capacity, those attributes include a willingness to dig into the weeds, a technical acumen as it relates to the inner workings of the district, balanced out, of course, with an ability to step back and see the big picture, a commitment to listening to other perspectives, a commitment to centering our goals and guardrails, and above all, to always bringing the conversation back to our students. As such, it is my pleasure to nominate Commissioner Matomini for President and Commissioner Alexander for Vice President of the SFUSD Board of Education. I wholeheartedly believe that both possess these qualities and that they will serve as an exceptional leadership duo. This year is going to be a year of continued and urgent growth, along with, which will come hard and challenging decisions. I'm confident that with Commissioner Matomini and Commissioner Alexander at the helm of the board, and Dr. Wayne at the helm of the district, we will see the continued writing of the ship in ways that are student and educator focused. I think that the fact that Commissioners Matomini and Alexander may bring different perspectives and approach issues from different lenses and vantage points will allow for consistently thoughtful dialogue and meaningful decision making. And I look forward to supporting the two of you as President and Vice President. Okay, are there any additional nominations? I think just to note that that was a motion for both President and Vice President. Point of clarification, do you need a second for that? Because it was a motion? We do not need no, a second. Not in this process. I, we, go ahead, Justin. Yeah, I just want to check general counsel because we do these um, nominations are both separate. It's okay that you nominated both right now. 
I think without objection across the table, the board is free to navigate this process as it sees fit. Um, I don't believe that the new rules anticipated a joint nomination, but I don't, I don't see functionally the difference between recognizing and, and voting on the items individually, meaning that there would be a vote for the president and a vote for the vice president position. I don't believe that the rules, and I could be wrong unless somebody wants to show me, provides for a ticket combo. Thank you. So then I think that we will accept the nominations for each commissioners and we will vote on them separately. At this time, we will see if there are any additional nominations for the office of president or for the office of vice president. If there are no further nominations for the office of president, I declare nominations closed. Uh, if there are no further nominations for the office of vice president, I declare nominations closed. Okay, and so I'm going to restate the names of the persons nominated and what they're nominated for, uh, and then I believe we will for, go in. From a, from a technical standpoint, um, I think we need to accept. Yes, yes, you do need to accept the nominations. I'm sorry. You do not have to accept them. Think carefully. With that, I, I accept and thank you for the nomination. Uh, ditto. Thank you. Okay, and so with that, we will restate that we have Commissioner Batomity, who is nominated for president, and Commissioner Alexander, who is nominated for vice president. Uh, at this time, I will open up for a brief discussion. Uh, colleagues will have up to two minutes to make comments. Are there any commissioners or student delegates who want to make comments at this time? Please, student delegate. Um, Megan and I's job is to represent the student community. So I would say in the way that they've engaged with us, it makes me confident in how Commissioner Matamidi and Commissioner Alexander would be able to engage with the student community. Um, I think that the empathy that I've seen, as well as just the willingness to help Megan and I along in this process as we are incredibly new to it and to explain to us what's going on, whether that's a very challenging topic or something I maybe should have known before. But I think I very much agree with this nomination and I would be very glad to see both ascend to those positions. I fully endorse the um, I fully endorse this nomination because I've seen the efforts that you've both made to make sure that Lanani and I both feel empowered to fulfill this role. From the beginning, as students, we don't fully understand how the board works and we can always come to you and ask you questions. And I've also seen your efforts to come to the Student Advisory Council meetings and speak with us and support us with any goals that we have. So I fully endorse this and I hope that everything goes well. If other commissioners want to speak, please raise your hand, Commissioner Fisher. So it's been 364 days since I've been on this board now. And um, uh, thank you very much for the opportunity to serve uh, alongside of all of you. Um, thank you, President Bogus, and thank you, Vice President Weissman Ward, for your leadership. 
Um, I've learned a lot from both of you. I agree with the student delegates. I, you've both been there willing to answer questions. Um, thank you very much. And also, because I didn't begin the journey into our student outcomes focused governance along with everyone else, I really appreciate the opportunity to catch up, as it were, to attend this year's um, training cohort. So I appreciate that. And um, thank you. Uh, this has not been an easy year. Um, it, there's, <laughs> it's been a lot. And, and I appreciate your strong leadership. And I'm also looking forward to the leadership of, of future President Matomedy and future Vice President um, Alexander. And I think you'll be a very strong team. And I look forward to continuing the work that we're all doing. So thank you very much. Please, Commissioner Warren. Thank you, um, and thank you to President Bogus and Vice President Weisman Ward, and um, for the and for Vice President Weisman Ward, your words of really speaking to the attributes and uh, what are needed and necessary in board leadership. And thank you for all of you've contributed in that reflection. That's really also modeling of leadership um, in this moment for our district. Um, I'm so thrilled um, for the pair of, um, for the nomination of President Matomedy and Vice President Alexander. The both of you have been strong partners of this governance work when we embarked on um, this student outcomes framework uh, and the importance of fulfilling our commitment to our students, first and foremost, around student outcomes. And you both have demonstrated um, not only in the commitment to the governance work, but to drive for change and the transformation that we as a body have committed to and working with Superintendent Wayne. And we know that there will be very difficult conversations and not just conversations, but decisions that is going to be becoming before this body and the both of you and your steadfast leadership you're being grounded your fairness and your commitment to being in community representing the values of community and our students um, I'm very excited to be supporting the both of you and as the past immediate or past president um, I will always be available as a continued coach and support um, for um, the progress that we want to make and we hold ourselves accountable. So thank you for stepping up into um, the role because it is um, not easy and uh, it, it doesn't have as much, I, I think sometimes folks may think of the glory um, and at the same time, it's such a privilege and honor to be able to think about how do we unite this district, how we do we unite ourselves um, at this dais so that we can be focused on our students and the best educational opportunities and experience. Thank you. Okay, I think with that we will go to a roll call vote on nominations, uh, starting with Commissioner Matamidi. Thank you for the Office of President, Commissioner Matamidi. Student Delegate Simpson. Yes. Student Delegate Toe. Yes. Commissioner Alexander. Yes. Commissioner Fisher. Yes. Commissioner Lamb. Yes. Commissioner Matavity. Yes. Commissioner yeah. Sanchez. Yes. <laughs> Vice President Wiseman Ward. Yes. President Bogus. No. 
Okay, thank you. Six eyes. Congratulations. Let us go to the next nomination for Commissioner Alexander. Deep. Okay. Student Delegate Simpson. Yes. <laughs> Student Delegate Toe. Yes. Thank you. Commissioner Alexander. Yes. Commissioner Fisher. Yes. Commissioner Lamb. Yes. Commissioner Matamidi. Yes. Commissioner Sanchez. Yes. Vice President Weisman Ward. Yes. President Bogus. Yes. Thank you. Seven S. Okay. Uh, at this time, the board judge. We will announce that uh, Commissioner Tomney has been elected president of the Board of Education for 2024. Congratulations. And Commissioner Alexander has been elected vice president for the Board of Education for 2024. Congratulations. At this time, the board will take a brief break as we reposition ourselves and our newly elected president will commence chairing the meeting.
All right, so I'm ready to bring us back into section, and with that, we will um, move right into our action item section G. And the first item is approval, is item 241-9SP1, approval of the proposed 2024-25 school year calendar and 2025-26 school year academic calendar. Um, and so, okay, I, as you may have noticed, I'm new to this. And the script says, comments from board superintendent or designee from the superintendent's office. So I'm going to ask you to take it over from here. Uh, thank you and congratulations, President Matamidi and Vice President Alexander. Um, and so tonight we're going to be presenting our academic calendars for the next um, uh, two school years. In response to uh, board direction from last year to develop a process uh, that would uh, allow us to bring forward a two-year calendar in response to community uh, request and, and need to be able to plan uh, accordingly, uh, and as well as to go through a process to engage the community in the development of this calendar. And so tonight we're going to um, speak to the process we went through as well as our efforts to uh, follow guardrail one in terms of engaging the community in decision making and then as well as what we what came out of that work and the uh, recommendations for the calendar and so to present this item I'd like to introduce Associate Superintendent uh, Amy Baer and from the office of the Superintendent Christina Wong. Good evening. Looks like you covered the first slide, so let me, okay. That work? Oh, sorry. Am I pointing it at you too? Oh, tricky. Okay, thank you. <laughs> okay, so as the superintendent shared, we are going to do an overview of the process that we went through to bring you two draft calendars uh, for the student calendars for 24-25 and 25-26. Since the new since the new academic calendar is one of the district's major decisions under Guardrail 1, staff implemented a comprehensive community engagement process in order to ensure meaningful consultation with parents, guardians, students, staff um, who would be impacted by the decision. Um, looking at the spectrum of participation and also the different decision-making models, um, throughout the community engagement process, we asked the public to consult involve and at times collaborate with the district to develop the academic calendar. Next one. Yeah. Um, in previous, previous years, there was only one committee that developed the calendar each year. This year we have engaged in a process that includes multiple points of gathering feedback and input, including an oversight committee, community engagement committee, family survey, and partner interviews. Also in previous years, uh, the board's approved a new school calendar annually, and we are asking you to approve a two-year calendar tonight, uh, which parents have shared that they would appreciate for planning purposes. 
There are also some legal parameters that we need to follow. Um, California Education Code requires that the calendar has 180 days of instruction and required school holidays per state law. Uh, we also cannot designate a school holiday for religious purposes, but schools can be closed for operational reasons such as avoiding costs or disruption uh, to instruction or due to significant staff or student absenteeism. Uh, based on the administrative procedures, uh, we had an oversight committee that was composed of our labor partners and district de uh, department leaders. The first task of the oversight committee was to set some guiding principles for the academic calendar development process, which are laid out here. The oversight committee met a total of six times during the fall. And during the series of meetings with the oversight committee, uh, the labor partners presented these considerations in development of the calendar. So uh, items one through three were addressed in the proposed calendar. However, um, item four continues to be challenging and that's challenging at any calendar development um, and that's balanced semesters. Uh, it's with, um, there is, we do have a commitment to keeping the winter break after the first end of the first semester. And so um, by design, unless we started very early in July or August, um, it, the first semester is always shorter than the second. So the generally accepted minimum is about 80 days for the first semester. Um, the Community Engagement Committee also included uh, representation from students, parents, district staff, and community-based organizations. Uh, this committee helped with outreach about the calendars, including the family survey, and made recommendations to the Oversight Committee. Here is a list of the Community Engagement part, uh, Committee mem members. So in pulling together this list, staff reached out to organizations representing students, parents, guardians, uh, community and religious organizations to identify representatives to participate in the committee. The Community Engagement Committee had a total of four meetings, three that were in person and one that was virtual. Um, and during the series of meetings, um, the Engagement Committee shared their preferences. Um, preferences uh, on topics of what day of the week should we start, the length of breaks, timing of breaks, um, and didn't recommend adding any extra holidays or days of rest. We also reached out to department and city partners um, and shared some draft calendars um, and asked sort of what worked well and what was a challenge for them from their perspective. Um, things like custodial services needing a three-week um, consistent break to do some deep cleaning on our sites uh, and things like that. Um, we also, in the committees, we reviewed absence data to learn where there were significant disruptions in education. Um, so, for example, the day before winter recess was the highest absence rate for both years, 13.5% uh, and 18%, and the second to the third highest absence rates were the last days of school. Um, and as we were looking at, uh, we knowing that there was an interest in adding religious holidays, we started to look at absence rates to see if there was a secular reason for, and, and to note whether there were high absences. 
So for, um, for those partic these particular two years, 2017, 18, and 18, 19, we looked at Yom Kippur and Diwali, and the difference between the absence rate on the holiday and the absence rate before the holiday or after the holiday was less than 1%. There wasn't that much difference. For, for Eid, Al-Fatir um, was, um, was on June 15th, which is during the summer, um, and also June 4th in 2019, which was the last day of school. So looking at 21-22, we took another deep dive into the absence data um, of the religious holidays. We were able to compare Yom Kippur, Diwali, and Eid al-Fatir. Um, we looked at what the absence rate for that day was, and then also one week after the holiday, two weeks, three weeks, to try to see if there was a pattern, whether there was some consistency. And we found that there was um, a, a 1.5 some approximately 1% difference. And then we, for the next um, school year, for 22-23, we saw um, similar rates as well. So since not everyone is able to attend um, community meetings, we wanted to share the draft calendars with families and collect more perspectives. Um, so we conducted a family survey. The committee helped develop the survey questions and share the survey with their networks. During the three and a half um, week time frame, we were able to collect um, over 1,480 survey responses. So here you see um, across the board, for, for example, for the first day of school preferences, the top three responses. And for each of the responses that is highlighted in orange, that is what is aligned with our um, proposed calendar. We did also ask if there are additional days of rest or holidays that you think should be added to the calendar. And a majority of over 67% did not want to add holidays to the calendar. But we did also note that there were some um, um, meaningful percentages for the Muslim holiday and also the Jewish holidays. Okay. UESF also conducted their survey, a survey uh, similar, with similar questions to teachers. And um, as you can see, most of the responses were similar and aligned to the proposed calendar. Similarly here, they asked the same question about adding additional days of rest or holidays. Um, between no and not applicable, there are like um, approximately 74%. Um, but there are also some notes of other holidays as well. So to recap, um, the input from the Community Engagement Committee, the family survey, and the partner interviews helped inform our oversight committees to develop these proposed draft calendars. Um, these calendars have been approved by our labor partners at UESF, UASF, and SEIU. Uh, we wanted to highlight three changes and considerations for the proposed calendars. The first two recommendations are changes. Um, there, let's see, I'm sorry. Uh, the first one is that spring break would be six days instead of five days. Um, this was a request from our special educators, and it allows us to pause the assessment timeline, uh, which they believe will allow them to finish the assessments for more students during the spring semester. Um, there's also, spring recess is also one week earlier than last year, and it includes Cesar Chavez Day. Um, and uh, they, neither committee recommended adding any additional holidays or days of rest. 
So while the majority didn't uh, recommend adding holidays to the calendars, there was also a meaningful percentage of responses uh, that supported adding Muslim or Jewish holidays. While the proposed calendars do not include religious holidays, the district continues to honor the rich cultural diversity of our students in our community. In the proposed calendars, alongside the list of holidays and recesses, is a list of major religious and community holidays that's intended to increase awareness and understanding. Uh, Administrative Regulation 6141.2 outlines how the district will recognize student religious beliefs and customs. Um, schools shall make reasonable efforts to avoid scheduling exams and other special events on these days, and any students observing a holiday will be marked excused. Uh, we'd like to extend uh, many thanks to those who volunteered their time and effort towards the development of these student calendars. The next step um, is that we would seek approval of these calendars from the board. If the board is a, uh, approves the calendars, we would set the marking periods, parent-teacher conferences, and work calendars for district staff. Uh, we would also be developing family-friendly versions of these calendars. If they're approved for the 24-25 school year, we would evaluate and improve um, AR 6141.2 to ensure students are not negatively impacted if they observe a religious holiday. We would also convene both the Oversight Committee and the Community Engagement Committee in the fall to evaluate and improve the engagement process moving forward and consider any necessary amendments to the 25-26 school year academic calendar. And this concludes yeah. our presentation. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Amy and Christina. And, and as we go into discussion, I want to note that this is the first decision we're bringing forward that um, is following uh, where we uh, went, uh, work to follow guardrail one. And so in doing so, it is an interesting decision to bring forward in that there are some limitations around our ability to uh, our limitations in how the process needs to proceed. And that, as you heard, this is a negotiable item, right? So we have to work with our labor partners on it. And then, of course, there's guidelines uh, from the state uh, and legal guidelines to follow. But in the discussion, um, typically, you know, a, a calendar should be something that it, it may even br be brought forward in consent. But I think this, in the discussion, what we're um, but you know, eager to hear from as well as just feedback, not just only feedback on the calendar themselves, but also on the process we've gone through, knowing that we have other major decisions we're going to be bringing forward with guardrail, uh, where we want to follow guardrail one, and this is our first opportunity as a governance team to calibrate what does that really look like. So I uh, just want to share that invitation for the discussion to be both on the calendar as well as the, the process. Thank you. With that, I'll open it up for board discussion and um, begin with Vice President Alexander. Thank you, uh, President Batamidi. I just, and just to sort of pick up on the superintendent's framing and sort of remind our colleagues what we're discussing here, our role really is to determine, we, we've delegated this process to the superintendent. So our question now is, did the superintendent and team meet the standard that is outlined in guardrail one 
for effective decision making, which says that they will utilize a process that includes meaningful consultation with the parents, guardians, students, and staff who will be impacted by those decisions. So that's kind of, let's try to frame our comments around that rather than, it's rather than uh, our opinions about the calendar, right? So, um, so did, so, and, and then if we, if we believe that that standard was met, we ought to approve the calendars. If we believe that standard wasn't met, we either need to vote down the calendars or come up with some other remedy that we think is appropriate in order to proceed. Does that make sense? Okay, just wanted to frame that a little bit. Um, Owen, is there an, a motion to, or? Do we do the motion first? We do the motion just prior to the vote. Oh, I'm so, oh, be, just prior to the vote. Well, right. Right now we're having, I think there was more discussion, yes? Correct. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I wanna provide, I guess, my comments and my thoughts, and then I also wanted to, to see the process of doing an amended motion knowing we would need to first move the initial items, so I think just figuring that out. Um, I appreciate the work and the effort that has gone into creating the academic calendar for the two years, but I really feel that there, at least from, from my perspective, is a misunderstanding of the expectations of what we were asking of the superintendent to do and to provide for us. I think under a normal situation, the presentation of a calendar and um, a clear process, I think, would be appropriate. But I think given the fact that this issue kind of arose out of conflict and people in our community feeling isolated, unseen, and unheard, that the, the district really missed out on addressing that or using this as an opportunity to help us solve some of our larger issues, like looking at the possibilities. I mean, I'm not sure how much you looked at the possibilities of expanding the school year to accommodate more things to help address some of the additional issues we're having. Um, I definitely feel that the way that the committee was structured definitely gave a feel of we have results determined as we start the process. Uh, and I think the way things were structured to me seemed as if we were justifying a decision that was already made um, and that we went through a process to rubber stamp it. Um, and I think, I think that's troubling to me because I think that is reflective of the experience a lot of folks in our school community, both family, students, and even staff have felt for a long time. Um, and this to me doesn't feel to do enough to challenge the status quo. It doesn't do enough to center students and families' voices. It doesn't do enough to help us solve some of the larger problems that we have in a district. And I was really hopeful that the superintendent would be more bold and aggressive and directive in using this as a way to really help us to really start to address the large list of things that we really need to reform in the district. Um, and so as things are currently, it is not something that I, I feel that I could support um, in this form. And I, if I wanna propose amendments, do I need to wait until we make a motion? So I will wait until that happens um, to do that uh, check. Thank you. Um, so. Um, I guess I, I appreciate um, Vice President Alexander, the framing of the conversation. Um, and I do hope that in the future, the um, calendar is on consent. Um, and I do also understand the context and how this came to us. I, I think I have a different perspective 
um, than you, Commissioner Bogus, in terms of um, what we asked the superintendent to do and, and then what was delegated to the superintendent and, and district staff. And, and it wasn't just, just focus on one particular question, but we need to engage around a calendar in order to make sure that we are legally compliant, in order to make sure that we are talking to community um, as a whole, we need to be asking a number of different questions, not just focused on, on one specific issue, even if that, that an issue is a really important one. This is not to minimize prior discussions and, and issues, but I, I as, as a parent myself, I got the survey multiple times, and I didn't. I, I when I got the survey, I was thrilled with the questions, and it wasn't at all um, under the impression that there was a, a, a an answer that I was expected to give. Um, and it was more about how am I, as as someone who's a stakeholder, as a parent in the community, wanting. Okay, wanting to um, engage and, and how do I, how are my kids engaged with the school and how am I as a working parent um, engaged as a working parent? And so when I saw those questions, it was reflective of the, the things that, that matter to me from a perspective of a parent. Um, I also thought that the fact that there was um, the, the, the um, different committees working on this with different sort of um, focus areas that though coalesced and came together was really important in terms of getting access to information, getting perspectives, um, making sure that again, we're legally compliant, making sure that, that um, all of this is going to um, be able to pass uh, with our union partners. Um, and so I, I thought for the perspective, a global perspective of, 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 of calendar engagement, I thought it worked. Um, there may be other conversations in the future about if we're if we are extending and adding days of rest. What does that mean? And does that mean we're going to a year-round calendar? That's a, I feels like a much bigger question. Um, and 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 maybe at some point we have that question that that discussion. But for purposes of of this two-year calendar, which was something that we committed to to bring back for the board, I I, I was. Um, I, I thought that, do I think that there is room for improvement in terms of engagement? Yes, but that's not to say that, 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 that there's, there's faults. This is, there's always, this is the growth mindset. There's always room to do better. Um, and, and as we learn more and as we um, engage more, I think that there is space to do more. Um, and I think that the idea that we can have a conversation around what does guardrail 1.1 mean in, in, con in other contexts, like are we, are our parents and communities and students and educators, are we having contact with them about, about literacy? Like that stuff to, seems just as important. And if we're not able to engage the way we want um, in, in a smaller area, then, then that is also something that we think about. But I, I think that as a starting place, I was really quite pleased with, with the process. I think meaningful engagement in terms of students means something different than I've seen it presented as. I've seen it presented as a numbers game, how many students filled out the survey at all, and that doesn't necessarily work because it is almost mandatory. Like, I, whenever we fill out surveys for the district, it's a moment of your teacher stops class and says, I need you to fill this out, I linked it on the Google Classroom, it's an assignment, you mark it done when you finish it. and. It's not taken seriously because we do not understand what we're filling it out for and what that is going to impact. In the, in the sense that we don't know about the resolutions put forward, we don't know about the AE resolution because it's not presented to us in a classroom setting where we are sitting down and paying attention. And 
I I don't I think if you were to even like walk into a high school classroom and ask how much effort do you put into that end of your survey, you would get answers ranging from like zero to five on a scale of 10. And I think that means that the meaningful engagement is lacking in the sense that I saw the percentage of students that took that, that took, supposedly took these surveys and I don't know whether that includes me because I don't remember it. It is not an event I remember at all. And I think that, that that can't be measured as meaningful no matter what context you put it into. And I think especially like, in, this is an equity game. I'm aware of that, that it is an equity game and that does not mean equality. Equity is a very different thing. So I think to, I understand that it's a first amendment question when it comes to aid because that is largely what's being talked about here, whether it's being danced around or not. And I think we have to look at it through an equity lens. And Eid is not just a religious holiday, it is a cultural holiday. In the sense that most Muslim students, all, most Muslim students fall under a different cultural category that they all also share. Or a different racial category that they all share. And that's important to be considered. If you look at the students who celebrate Kwanzaa, for example, even though like Kwanzaa, like if you were to say Kwanzaa is a religious holiday because it's not just like inherently a black holiday. But if you look at that, like 95 probably percent of the students celebrating it are black under the law. And it's like, I think that has to be largely looked at. And if we're just looking in terms of the guardrail, meaningful engagement, I'd say it's lacking in terms of student engagement. And if we're looking at it through a larger lens, which I believe we should be when having this conversation, it does, fail from an equity standpoint. I'm speaking specifically about the 25 to 26 calendar. Yes. Um, so thank you for the team, to the team for the work that was put in here. And I'd say a th student delegate Simpson, I always love listening to your, your truth and your wisdom and so thank you for all you have to share with us and thank you for being here. Um, I, our job as commissioners, as we've learned through this governance work, is to reflect the values of our community. We do that through the goals and the guardrails. And I would like to also say that, you know, this, this calendar hits our guardrail around serving the whole child as well, not just um, effective decision making. Um, it impacts our children's sense of belonging, which impacts attendance, which is one of our areas of focus this year as well. There's a lot that this hits on. And so I appreciate that we're having this conversation. Um, as a member of the African American Parent Advisory Council and the Special Education Community Advisory Committee, um, I received newsletters with this survey um, in December, the busiest time of the year, um, and as one of the most engaged parents in the district. I actually forgot to fill out the survey, have to say, because of the timing of the survey. Um, oops, shame on me. Um, but I doubt I'm unique. Um, December, November, December is a very, very busy time for our families. Um, and so we have seen, I'm gonna put on my parent advisory member hat as I do very often here. Um, 
we see very often as parents, different district groups come to us as the advisory committee saying, fill this out, do this, you know, give us 10 minutes on your agenda, do this, so that folks can check a box and say, we've checked in with folks, yay, pat ourselves on the back. That's not authentic family engagement at all, at all. And one of the things that I'm hoping this year we will actually get to in honoring our guardrails is an authentic family engagement strategy, community engagement strategy district-wide. We do not have one yet. Um, us holding community meetings where six people attend, that's not board engagement either. We have a lot of work to do ourselves. I'm not saying this all falls on district leadership. This falls on us as a board as well. Um, but yeah, I am not seeing where this engagement meets the criteria that we've set out in our guardrails. And I don't think that's in any way reflective of the effort of the people who have done the work. I think this is an inherent problem that we have had decade after decade, generation after generation. And I, like I said, think we really need a the family engagement strategy, community engagement strategy, if we want to effectively do our jobs as commissioners. Um, so I look forward to working on that this year. Um, uh, specifically to the point of special education, I do wanna say adding a day around spring break so that we can toll the timeline and stop the stop and give our special education um, to give our, our our sped teachers and our school psychologists and our occupational therapists and all of our related service providers who are incredibly overworked right now and deserve that extra week but if that's the reason we're considering adding one day to spring break i'd say our real issue actually is we need more assessors we shouldn't be adding a day to the calendar to give them more time. We should be hiring more people. We should be meeting the timelines in the way that they're designed to be met because I could make an argument as a special education advocate that this is actually a denial of FAPE. If we're breaking the timeline for an extra week to give ourselves more time, that's a time that, that's an extra week that we're actually not meeting the obligation that we have to serve our students. So. I, as a parent, love the idea of an extra day as a special education advocate. The fact that that is part of our logic blows my mind. Hire more people, not add more days to the calendar. So uh, again, when we want to be student outcomes focused, I'd say that is the opposite. So I would like us to rethink that logic, please. And that goes to the resource allocation guideline, uh, guardrail. So I think we as a district, have a lot of work to do to really bring the work we're doing into alignment with this process that we have set out. So, thank you. Well, I'll, I'll jump in. Um, I wanted to say, and then we can close out if that's, um, and, and take a motion, oh, okay. Um, so, my experience has been, out of appreciation actually for this process. As a parent, I received the survey three different times. I saw it actually, while well, speaking of busy times of years to take surveys, it's also the time that we ask parents to enroll in schools. So as someone who has a rising ninth grader, not only did I receive it through email, newsletters, three times when I tried to log in to register for ninth grade applications, I was asked to participate in it. So this was a total sea change. 
I sit on the board. I am well aware of what's happening from you know the high-level policy standpoint. However, when I took the survey, I was so pleased to see the thoughtfulness that went into um, educator planning as far as like winter breaks, um, the holidays too, but start date, that had been um, the day of the week that it starts. That had been something that had been raised to us for two years in a row. And I'm also, I've been in this district long enough to know that this district, I don't know of any other district, has hold, held up releasing cal calendars such that Rec and Park couldn't schedule summer programming. Reckon, you know, all sorts of other city agencies, community partners, um, people who rely on summer programming for uh, childcare, for planning, for visiting family, whatever it may be, college tour, like all sorts of things were held up because of machinations that I, I know very little about, but deeply affected me as a parent. So the fact that we were considering a two-year calendar is so significant as as a parent and a family and from what i could see from the results of the of the educators who participated very very um a, a pleasant turn of events so i appreciated um what actually i thought was a narrow a, a narrower um, directive from this board being taken as an opportunity to do more Upon reflection of this whole process, um, it's been evident from the beginning that the systems were not in place to take an in input and to make change. That's been abundantly evident prior to my, many of us even being on the board and certainly prior to our superintendent joining us and, and many of the staff members who took the initiative um, and ran with it on this. So, from a reasonable test, when I see the delta between the starting place of what I was experiencing as a parent in this district and what I was experiencing as a board member being presented with information and um, data that, to underpin decision making, I am really, really pleased. And I was pleased to see it, that it aligned with many of what, much of what we're trying to do around student outcomes. Um, which does require consistency, which does require planning, which does require allocation of re resources. Um, that said, <laughs> I can think of none of our guardrails and goals where on first passed test, it was, we considered it 100% done, like move on. So for me, from a reasonable progress, this has been actually quite um, impressive, frankly, with everything else that's going on with this district. Um, and the last thing I'll, I'll um, end on is back to our student outcomes work and our monitoring work. We have not yet monitored guardrail one around, um, around um, community engagement and effective decision making. We need to do that, and we need to do that outside of a specific decision. It's not fair to our community, it's not fair to us, and it's not fair to really evaluating a guardrail to do it decision by decision and have it be completely contextualized. It's also not fair to staff. Staff needs to know what do we consider 
you know, a reasonable or progress towards where we want to go around effective decision making. And so I would suggest by the end of this school year, we do, we do a monitoring session that is specific to guardrail number one and what we want to see um, as far as, and that is not, not connected to a particular decision, but is also um, an opportunity for us to self-reflect and, and better direct the superintendent and staff as to how to further improve upon the work that, the progress that they've already made. Um, and then the other piece that comes out of that for me too is the, it's evident that we have communities, especially those that are, um, English is not their first language, for instance, newcomer families, that we need to do a better job of creating direct connection, relationships with, and um, providing clear opportunities and supportive opportunities to give input. And I say that in the context of, the, of what we are about to undertake this year in 2024 around um, literacy, math proficiency, career and college readiness, and um, around resource allocation. And these are, we need the whole of the SFUSD community or families or students, and I take your point to heart about how we best engage with students as well. And it's not just through surveys, I completely agree. So. How we do that, I, I would ask the superintendent when we come to that monitoring, monitoring report through um, the lesson learned of, of this first um, pass at community engagement that there be some self-reflection and, and um, information about how we're gonna be using our student site councils, our ELACs and other uh, district mechanisms or you know, not to direct the work, so however that may be, um, to, to inform us so that we can feel more confident that the gaps that have been identified are um, acknowledged and are closing. So I'll say that, but I know that Commissioner Alexander wanted to, yeah. Thanks, yeah, no, I wanted to ask um, the superintendent, um, well, well, before I say that, I just wanna appreciate, it sounds like colleagues, my colleagues have different um, answers to the question of whether there was meaningful consultation um, which is which is good. I mean, it's an opportunity for us to kind of calibrate and clarify. Um, one of my questions in that respect is, um, it, it does to me. It does seem I would agree with with what President Matamidi said around the fact that it does seem like, and, and I think um, Commissioner Weissman Ward as well, that it seems like there was improvements that, that occurred, that this was, there were new things that happened around engagement that were more meaningful certainly than what had happened in the past. So I think I do see that evidence. I guess my question that is still is not clear even after the written responses to the questions is, you know, we had, th this was not all about um, Eid or adding holidays, but that was clearly a void, uh, something from the public, and we, you know, this this process was undertaken partly in response to that. I guess my question is, what evidence is there that that the oversight committee or the engagement committee meaningfully consulted with SFUSD students and families for whom Eid is a culturally important event? Because I just don't even necessarily see that, and so I'm just curious, am I missing something there? No. <clears throat> No, thank you for the, the question, and I have appreciated the discussion. And I'd say, you know, typically when we're looking for representatives from a group, we go to existing committees or organizations that represent those groups. So, 
for example, we wanted to make sure special education was included. We talked to the special education CAC to put a member there. Now we did, we were aware this was an issue that, uh, yeah, one of the questions that came up and prompted us, ha you know, having a more clear process was the question of adding additional days um, uh, to, set, you know, to reflect uh, days of cultural significance for members of our community. And so we did want to have on the engagement committee uh, representation for peop uh, of people who might, for whom this might be of interest, right? And so the thing is, uh, we actually, and, and in particular, of course, knowing that Muslim families had an interest in this because that's been part of the, the conversation. But we don't have SFUSD committees that uh, based on religious affiliation, right? We have it based on language or different uh, focal populations. And so we reached out to CBO partners to um, be a part of the community engagement, including um, Arab Resources Organizing Committee and the Jewish Community Relations Council. But as you ask the question I'm reflecting, I think one would have to infer, oh, by talking, by having a CBO on the committee, that means you're engaging with those families. And so I do think this prompts us to, is a good um, question to think, you know, in the future, like how might we more directly than speak with families um, if we don't have already a committee that we feel like is representative and work with our community partners to do that, but to more engage directly, um, uh, to engage directly with families. And so I think, that's, that's kind of my reflection as I hear your, your question. So it was there, there was intention in the process to bring in those voices, but um, I don't know that that was necessarily readily uh, evident if you're asking the question. I just wanna say one more thing just to some of what was talked about. Um, is I do wanna say though, um, I, I mentioned we have parameters we need to follow, but I do want to, I understand the skepticism people feel like, is eh, this like checking off a box are really engaging. And that's why, if, for example, you know, 75% of people said, uh, even though it's not our whole, whole, you know, we didn't get 50,000 responses, but if 75% of the responses said, you know what, Thanksgiving week, we should be here on Monday and Tuesday, we would have really said, hmm, we might need to look at this and change this, right? Or if a, you know, a huge majority said the first day of school should be on a Friday, because we, you know, like, hmm, we might really want to, you know, think about this. And so there was the same thing for adding days. I will say to Commissioner Bogus's point, with our capacity, we're not at the point where we're recommending like a full rethinking of the calendar. Like, should we move to a more year-round calendar? Like, I'll be, I'll be transparent. We did not come into this process thinking we were going to make any, any radical changes. But I do want to be also transparent. We were sincere that if, for like the ones on adding days or the other ones I'm saying, if we got different responses than what the engagement committee and the oversight committee had already kind of put together, it would impact what we, what we do. And in that sense, it was a real sincere process. Yeah, and I, and I want to clarify, I totally, absolutely see the intention, and I guess my question is, I feel like our responsibility as a board is to look at the results, right? And so even if, so we can also praise the intention and, and honor the intention and say we still think that it didn't work, right? I mean, so when I look at that and I say, oh, AROC and JCRC were invited, that's wonderful, but each of them only came to one meeting, so then my question naturally is, well, then what, what did we do? Because we knew, we saw that not even the nonprofit partners were able to come to the meetings, and then... That, that, you know, we, then we saw the survey that says, oh, 14% said yes, Eid, was it 5%, 4% said yes, that Jewish high holiday. So did we, were there member, were there, you know, um, Jewish students or families, were there 
Um, and we may not have religious data, but, it, but with respect to m Muslim families, a lot of our Muslim families are Arabic speaking. Um, we saw the surveys around Arabic. So I guess just to me, that's my concern is, it, particularly when we talk about language minority populations or any minority population, you know, and it, it, part of one of our San Francisco values that I think we as a board represent is wanting everyone to feel included. Like even if you're a small group, and one of the public commenters said this, even if you're point three, six percent of our student body, we care about you and want you to feel like, you, like you're included. Now, that may not mean that we can honor your holiday. I mean, that, so again, I want to be clear, like that, I'm not saying that's a foregone conclusion, but, I, but we absolutely want you at the table, we want you to feel included, we want you to feel like you can advocate for your holiday and take, get it taken seriously. And I guess that's my question when we talk about meaningful consultation, was, it, was there an opportunity for folks who, for whom Eid is culturally important, for whom, again, I mentioned the Jewish Eye holidays because it came up, is culturally important. Did they have an opportunity to meaningfully engage in this process? And I don't see the evidence. And so that's where, for me, that's where, again, I don't know what the right remedy is, and maybe we could talk about that if unless other commissioners want to talk about it. But I, I'm, I don't think that we met what I would hope the standard to be, even though we did make I improvements. And that's where I, I if I can, uh, do just want to, uh, I really appreciate the suggestion of monitoring this guardrail outside of a particular decision. And I, in fact, I, I looked at our governance calendar, monitoring calendar, and we said, oh, for guardrails one and five, we're not going to have separate monitoring sessions because they're part of decisions. But I do, but I think this, in this process, I think, no, it actually should be um, done separately and done sometime in the next few months because we have other decisions that are coming forward uh, that, that we you know, want to at least be closer to being calibrated as a governance team on what's going to, uh, what's going to account for that. So I do feel like whether you end up having the conversation at this moment or not, uh, if that's, uh, I, I, I didn't hear that as full board direction, but I'm taking it as something important to do as some, someone who does the monitoring calendar to say, let's monitor guardrail one, independent of a decision that we need to make. And I'm seeing nods, so maybe I'll take that as direction. I was going to ask at this point if, you, um, if we make a motion so then we can hear or unless you have. Yes, of course. And I think just in addition whether the superintendent said, I think yes to that, but also for me, I need to see how the organizational chart, the organizational structure of the district is changing to support those efforts. Because I think what we've seen a lot is a lot of talk without anything behind it to actually support it to happen. So I feel like I'm concerned that we'll develop a really great plan and not properly resource it, support it to execute it, and have another failed initiative like we've had in the past with so many different things. And so I think that's a big part, at least for me, to, to see that we're making that shift by how we're shifting the shape of the organization to match uh, the work. And just my last comment is transparency builds trust. Right, so making sure that we're, I, I appreciate the, the suggestion of more monitoring. Um, I think we, we need to be more public facing about the work that we're doing, the changes that are happening, and especially when we have so many big decisions that are gonna be happening this year. Um, the, the public, our community should be right there with us along the way. Um, so, I have a question. I see that it's being called a proposed calendar, as well as I heard it earlier referred to as a draft. What does that mean in terms of a vote? 
Uh, well, we call it that because until you actually approve it, it's not the official calendar. So this vote is about making that the official calendar, meaning no edits could come to it. Um, cor uh, correct. And uh, although we do note in our next steps um, that once approved um, for 24-25, we'll evaluate uh, both how we're doing with the implementation of the administrative regulation, and that's also where I feel like there's an opportunity to listen to our community, the administrative relation, re regulation related to how we're supporting students who observe uh, religious holidays. But then also we are going to convene the Oversight and Community Engagement Committee in the fall to look at the process um, to evaluate and improve the engagement process and consider any necessary amendments to the approved 25-26 calendar. So I don't want it to, if you approve it to your calendar though, that will be the, the, the plan is there for, to, for, be, for it to be the two-year calendar. So that statement does not commit to saying we're then going to bring forward a new calendar, but this is our first time approving it so early. We are putting in some new things, as we said, so there will be opportunity uh, to at least talk about it in the, in the committees. But then, as Commissioner Alexander said, the, really the development of it is staff, so it would be right now in the way this process is staff's prerogative, staff's determination whether to bring forward any changes for 25, 26 or not. The board would have approved a two-year calendar that is our official calendar. Okay. I just wanted to comment real quick. Um, I appreciate the work that's gone into this as a parent who's been with the district, I could say 15 years now, um, that there were years where parents didn't know and families didn't know when our calendar were gonna be approved. And even right now, Superintendent Wayne characterizes early. I actually don't believe this is early because families have are um, needing to think about you know, summer programming, thinking about, and particularly right now, with the shortage of youth development workers, with nonprofit uh, workers, um, and just overall, um, you know, just the duration that is required and necessary for families to plan. Um, and so I do see that as an improvement. I also want to acknowledge throughout this process of hearing directly from the community how important and hearing solely from and directly from students how they weren't being supported when they brought that up to their school administrators or to their to their educators. So I am also very much looking forward to this implementation so that through working with the superintendent, how are we going to see um, improvements? How is it working system-wide? Because I do not want to be able to you know, to be able to address or hear that students, that tests were being scheduled or they weren't getting the accommodations that are necessary for our students to um, be successful um, in as they are um, adhering to their religious or, or the cultural and community holidays. Um, you know, for example, when the district was first implementing uh, district-wide Black History Month, you know, we had be able to get um, clarity and reporting out to community about the activities that were happening. And that was a major, um, you know, not only acknowledgement, but the success of, um, as a district, that we were really um, embodying um, black excellence and the history of African Americans. Um, and that was just more recently. This is within, since I've been serving on this board since 2019. So. Uh, 
I believe we have much improvement and work to do um, when it comes to being responsive to student voice and family engagement, as my colleagues and student delegates have pointed out. Um, so, and at the same time, um, want to recognize how important it is and that again, our labor partners were also part of this and also have um, you know, approved um, this, these two-year um, academic calendars. Okay, so as a student, I actually sat on the CEC and I really appreciated being part of the entire process of just looking at the calendar and looking at data and being able to voice my perspective on what really suits the student in terms of like academics and also just having the opportunity to like, you know, not have to be absent and looking at it from an equity standpoint, students who celebrate these cultural holidays but aren't able to, it really takes a toll on their education. And while it might be like one day, it it's something that can be avoided and is not necessary for them to miss. Um, so I think in terms of like the entire like committee in general, I think that it's constructed in a way where it's mainly students and families who are typically more involved within the committees. They're more involved in their school and they have the capacity to be involved. And many of the people that are not included in these decisions are the ones that aren't able to be in the committee. So I think doing a more, um, a more equitable way of constructing committees and councils and being more open with the way that we promote them and having people involved within them will definitely diversify like how we look at these issues and how we can resolve them. Okay, so I'm gonna ask for a motion. Oh, I'm so, did you wanted to make a comment? I'm so sorry. Yeah, but I can, I, I don't have to, it's. Okay, I'll make it quick. I, I think, so I, I've really appreciated the conversation. Of course, always appreciate our, um, the input um, and thoughtfulness from, from the student, our student delegates and, and that really important perspective. Um, I guess going back to sort of like the big question, the vote before us today, uh, which is on the two year calendar. We asked Dr. Wayne to bring us a two year calendar. We didn't say bring us a one year calendar, bring us a two year calendar. We also asked for a process that engaged family and community. And I understand that there's differing perspectives on um, how much more needs to to be done for, for the, the whole of us to feel satisfied that, that, that we get an A plus there, maybe even a B plus. Um, I guess if, from a perspective of moving forward, because there are these upcoming steps, because I think the evaluating and improving and monitoring of that regulation, like that is, that's the, the administrative um, regulation 6141.2, because that to me is like the heart of this. Um, because when we heard so much of the public comment, it was about that choice. Like I'm either gonna be able to celebrate with my family and my community or miss a test. and so. The, 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 I would hope that if our school sites are implementing with, to use Commissioner Fisher's uh, language, with fidelity, this regulation, if we're supporting our school sites to do this, there won't have to be a choice between a test, a major test or a major presentation and one of these culturally significant days that we now have available because it is listed for us and will be listed for um, school sites. So, so my hope would be that if we can pass a two-year calendar, we can also 
continue to evaluate whether or not this regulation is being implemented, whether we are supporting our school sites to be able to um, have them understand the importance of these many culturally significant days. And, and we will continue to monitor and make adjustments when we come back to doing the next set of calendars. I mean, I, I do, this seems the process is iterative um, and I don't want us to, to get stuck. Um, where even even if we're, there are moments where we need to continue to push ourselves with engagement, I think that because there was more engagement than in the past and a lot more, I feel comfortable with a two-year calendar knowing that there's going to be these other um, inflection points where we continue to look and, and, and grow and, and make changes in the future. All right, and I just want to say thank you to you all as I navigate the facilitation on the first item here. So I, I know it's been a little bit longer and a, a more back and forth than what we're used to. And it's making me appreciate you even more, <laughs> former President Bogus. Um, but so I, before we take a motion, let me just summarize what, what I think I've heard from the floor. And then I know that there may be some modifications to that. So what we have before us is the two-year calendar draft um, for our consideration to become, you know, to adopt it, to adopt it. Um, I do want to also emphasize, I heard a commitment from the superintendent to monitor Guardrail 1 um, before the end of this academic year. And that would include lessons learned um, and any additional work done um, to gather feedback about um, both the calendar for 25-26 and also um, generally speaking about how, how engagement can be improved um, with our communities. So that, that is what I heard. <laughs> Making sure that's what you heard too since there was some to-dos in there for you. Okay. Yeah. Um, and with that, I'm going to ask for a motion. Like a motion to approve. Motion to approve that. Yeah. The 2024 and 2025, 25, 26 calendars. That's my motion. Second. Would, if I got, I'd move to amend the motion on the floor by striking the 25, 26 school year academic calendar uh, from the motion. Do we need a second for that? Then I second that. now well actually could I can we ask questions about the amendment before we because you may okay because um, I don't know what what does that mean so if we do that what what are you saying would happen yeah what I'm proposing is that we would only be approving the calendar for the next year at this time and that the second year would not be approved at this time can you speak to when it would be approved or what that would look like, what would happen next? I think that would depend on the superintendent's ability to, I think, meet the expectations. Speaking for me personally, that I feel fell short uh, through this process and I think fall short of, of what we um, need as a district to be able to uh, approve this. I don't have a specific timeline, but I definitely would be open if other commissioners have thoughts of like what's a reasonable amount of time for this to, to come back uh, before us and the parameters for that. 
I'd also like to remind that while we think of this timeline, also because obviously we must acknowledge what's the largest point of contention on this calendar, that the community that is has that contention is a community that is in grief and also in struggle. So considering that as well, while we formulate this timeline and while we formulate how that engagement would possibly occur, I think that's important as well. Yes. The part of the reason that I seconded the motion here is, I mean, perhaps the work has been done and the community engagement work has been done as, as many commissioners have said before. I just don't see it here. So if the work has already been done and all the communities have and been engaged, then great, bring this back to us immediately with that, with the information that shows that. Um, and the and the calendar as is. But if we have more work to do to meet our guardrails, then I would say to President Matamidi's point, you know, we have a lot, one, we've just committed to monitoring guardrail one um, this year, and two, we have many, many other decisions that are gonna have to be made meeting that guardrail, so hopefully, leadership would be working on ways to make this decision and other decisions in ways that meet this guardrail and make that a, because goals and guardrails are what we're all supposed to be working on, that would be a top priority. So what that means within a reasonable time frame, I don't know. Um, but I would defer to our leadership team and to you particular, Dr. Wayne. See, I would say that, uh, why I, uh, you know, um, almost eagerly said, let's talk about guardrail one separate from uh, a specific decision is because what I think we're doing is is establishing what what is that level of engagement, right? Because you you said, well, if you've got it, bring it, but what's the it? So what we brought is what we thought is an appropriate level of uh, engagement. And then so to Commissioner Bogus's point, like, I guess my concerns are, and it wouldn't want to, uh, are one is capacity. Like, will we re be able to resource then the, uh, our ability to do this kind of engagement? Uh, and two, for what areas is it, do we, you know, to, for what areas and to what extent do we want to do this, the, you know, the kind of, the level of engagement, whatever we define it as that we're, that we're talking about, right? And um, so those are two considerations. I would, I don't want resolved before we say, you know, here's when we're going to come back with, with anything, anything else. Um, I appreciated what our, what both of you said, and I think, um, but I, and, I, and I also hear the desire of many of my colleagues to have a two-year calendar. I think we all have that desire for it to be um, out there and completed. And so I think, but I, but I want to, I just want to be clear and real about what we're talking about here. Again, there's a community that made a specific request of us and is feeling um, not included, not engaged in the district. And so I wonder if there's a way to be more specific around that, because that's what I'm really most concerned about, right? Even more so than the specifics of holiday or not holiday. It's like we have a whole community, many of whom are Arabic speaking, who have said, we want our culture, 
um, our traditions to be honored in this district, and we feel like they're not being honored. We made multiple requests. We've showed up for public comment time and time again for over the course of two and a half, three years, and now we still feel the same way, right? That's my bigger concern, because I think that is a violation of guardrail one, but it's also, as, as Commissioner Fisher pointed out, uh, a, a violation of guardrail three, which says that we want to support the identity development of our children, right? How do, how do you develop identity, your identity if you've, as a high school student, as we heard you say, I want my, my culture honored, and you've still never had a way to engage. Nobody called up Sarah, the young woman who proposed this, and said, hey, do you want to join the committee? I mean, again, I, that's where, at a certain point, I'm like, I, I, we need to see, again, that kind of initiative and leadership, in my opinion, from our staff to meet, the, to meet these guardrails. I would be okay with approving a two-year calendar if we had some guarantee that we're gonna have that occur, <laughs> specifically with the Arab and Muslim community in this district. Like, if, if, if you could come back to us, you know, if we could say, okay, we'll approve the two years and then come back to us by a date certain within the next couple of months to do real engagement, find out what was their experience like? Why, how did they feel? Did, were, did, did anyone contact them? Did they receive the survey? How did it feel? Asked, call up the young woman. She's given public comment like five times about how she was the one who started this petition. <laughs> Did anyone talk to her? I mean, again, I don't mean to be, I'm getting a little frustrated and so I apologize, but to me, these don't seem like rocket science in terms of how to, how to engage a community. And again, I'm not prejudging an outcome, right? It still might be that we say, for a variety of other reasons, we don't know whether we can do this, but, but I want evidence that there's real authentic engagement, specifically of our Arab and Muslim community, to where they're saying, you know what? SFUSD is a place where I feel like I belong. So I'm going to take us directly back to our guardrails, okay? And the most recent presentation I have for guardrail number one, effective decision-making, with the three interim guardrails, we as a board set the guardrails, the superintendent sets the interims, right? Guardrail number one, point one, by March 2023, develop a set of criteria that define major decision at the district level by May of each year, identify three to five major decisions that will occur in the next school year. Done for this year, right? 1.2, for all major decisions, implement process for two-way engagement with educational partners, students, families, and staff. By June 2024, two-way engagement will increase by 5% as measured by an implementation rubric. We've seen that implementation rubric, and I, at least drafts of it, I still have some questions there. 1.3, Percentage of participants satisfied with major decision-making process will increase from baseline June 2023, from baseline in June 2023 by 5% as of June 2024. So we as a board, following this governance process, if we like the results we're getting, great. We've done our job with the goals and guardrails. If not, the way we hold the superintendent accountable and leadership team accountable is to revise our goals and guardrails or do a better job of monitoring um, and being more specific, making sure everything is smart. Um, and so this is, I think, our, our big tension right now with so many major decisions coming up. Is this where we need it to be? what I just read to us, or do we have more work that we need to do here? And I would say we have more work we need to do here. I think at the center of this for me is the fact that the resolution was passed. 
And I think that's where a lot of the issue lies in terms of community engagement. That was the community engaging with this board. That was the community taking the initiative, literal children taking the initiative to engage with their board of education, something that is not often encouraged of them as much as it should be. And to look that engagement in the face and say like, no, is a very big set of precedent that we don't necessarily want to happen. Because this decision is its own decision and it's important. And I do understand the two-year calendar and how necessary it is to make that decision, but you must also consider the larger context. And I think as, some, as a student within this district, I think I've watched the district as a larger entity, like look a promise in the face and say, never mind, however many times in my own school career. And I think maybe as parents who are sitting on this board, you can say that you've seen that exact same thing happen. And it is incredibly important that we start, that we start making to your calendars to serve our staff and our parents and our students in the way they need. But it's also incredibly important that we look at, at the center of this is your students. And to look your students and your past students in the eyes and say like, we can't is, it's a leap I don't know if we want to take. Um, okay, I'm gonna attempt to wrap this up. Um, and I appreciate, cause I, you know, part of the reason why I wanted to give this item as much space as it's taken is because of really everything that you just said so thank you for that um, I do before we vote vote I would like to I would like to point out that the calendar that is brought forward has a lot of agreement in it it reflects a lot of agreement start date all the all the the breaks um, the you know semester the I'm, like there's just there's many many elements and m much machination that's gone in to put this together and so i want to acknowledge the work there and i don't want to devalue that work and the and the communities and our educators that have been are trying to make plans for our kids and are trying families that are trying to make plans also for their kids um and so I would encourage, and, and I'm just gonna explain, you know, once again, I'm gonna summarize with where I'm at, is I would encourage us to adopt the two-year calendar, but to, and I'm glad, Commissioner, um, oh my God. <laughs> my brain is, <laughs> well, I wanted to call you Lee, so. I, um, Commissioner Fisher for raising the steps that we have committed to take. And so that is why I think there's two things that need to happen when we adopt a two-year calendar. One is we have to come back and monitor Guardwell 1 and be really clear about what major de decisions are and what meaningful community input. We also need to have the district as part of, and you've committed in that, and you provided the opportunity around 25-26 to, to, to go back into community and demonstrate that there has been conversation. Because I'm going to also express that while the conversation has been about AID, 
I, I think that there's actually a bigger conversation that needs to happen um, because if it's not, if it's for just a minute putting Aid aside, there is a desire for greater reflection, for um, relationship, for ability to see them, see, you know, our students reflected in the curriculum and the planning of the district. And so, and the other thing is, like, I think all of our families are very focused on their kids' literacy, math proficiency, and career and college readiness, their outcomes. And so, while Aid is one area that we want to communicate with our families, I would suggest that the broader picture is um, is also developed and encouraged as, as a point. Because as we go through the work that we do around our goals and as we go through resource allocation, we are going to need to develop strong partnerships um, with communities that have not typically engaged with this district. And this is an opportunity, this has been, this is an opportunity when we look at Guardwell One to really think about how we can improve and continue to, um, to make progress. But I would encourage us to not um, pause much of the work that's in our two-year calendar that is unrelated to um, the particular issue where we, we've been, um, had such challenge. So with that, um, it's, oh, so explain the process for me here. So mechanically, there are two motions on the floor and we would take them in reverse order because the amendment has to be voted on uh, as it significantly modifies the original motion. So as I record it, the amendment was to reduce the proposed calendar by eliminating the proposed 25-26 school year and simply passing the singular proposed calendar for 24-25. So that would require a roll call and should that pass, then the motion would need to be voted on to adopt either the, you know, in this case it would be the 24-25 school year if the amendment fails, then the subsequent vote would be, the original vote would be to approve the two-year calendar as proposed by staff. So I would like to ask before we vote my colleagues who proposed the amendment if there is, again, I'm looking for a, not a compromise maybe, but a way forward that would allow us to have the two-year calendar but allow for potential changes to the specific piece. Because again, I think, as President Matamidi said, a lot of the calendar actually there's agreement on. So I'm wondering if there's a way we could adopt the two-year calendar but, set, but, but ask the superintendent to do the goal guardrail one monitoring that we've talked about, which we'll do also, but also to do specific outreach to the Arab and Muslim community and folks for whom Eid is a culturally significant holiday and, and basically do a post-mortem of this process Ask, engage them around how was the process for them, get feedback for the calendar for 25, 26, 
think about how engagement can be improved. Also ask them how their kids are doing with respect to third grade literacy and eighth grade math and college and career access and actually use it as an opportunity to build and then see if there's a desire to bring back other proposals based on that authentic, meaningful engagement, that could be done. But I think to me, the first starting point is first there has to be that actual meaningful consultation. Can I ask some oh. clarifying questions about that? Just so I, I, as a parent who does use the calendar to plan, and I, I do, like having a two-year calendar would be really, really helpful for planning all those breaks with cousins who were in different school districts and things like that. Yes, I'm, I'm very, very happy that we finally have a two-year calendar. But my struggle is, what's the point in adopting a second year if we're just going to turn around and potentially change it? That seems to be even more damaging because then I lock those dates into my calendar and all of a sudden they're wrong. Um, that doesn't seem to make sense to me. So um, I, and I think, you know, while this conversation, yes, might be around Eid as a cultural holiday, it is so much bigger than that. Like there are many other communities who I don't think were engaged in this process either who should have their voices heard as well. So. That's where I'm struggling. I mean, locking in the start date, great, wonderful, but I, the I yeah don't. Um, I, I guess I I struggle to see the relevance in in voting for the second year. Now, if we're just going to turn around and put together a community engagement strategy that is going to end up potentially changing it, very short term. And just I was going to add, um, I think yeah so. You've heard the commitment to monitoring guardrail one. Um, as part of this process, it can uh, also make the commitment to what you're asking to learn about uh, the experience of our families and our Arabic and Muslim families in this to help inform moving forward this, as well as other major decisions we're going to make. What I just want to be very clear on is, and, and you've said this, Commissioner Alexander, but uh, I just want to be clear. That, I don't want to leave here with, you know, false pretense that that is going to necessarily result in a different outcome, right? Because one of the, and to be transparent, one of the reasons you all, and to the point, we, you all uh, directed me to do this as opposed to just implementing the resolution because the resolution, while yes, people engaged in a process, the board didn't reckon, uh, and board, you said, like, if we had known that the process was maybe subject to critique, we would have done a different process. You didn't know that at that point, that's not, you know, that, that's, you know, that wasn't because of you, but we are now engaging in the appropriate process. And to be able to establish additional days off for whatever reason, we need a reason though. And, I'm not, and I don't want it to, th to think that just further engagement will automatically result in that, in that reason. And so, uh, you know, I want to be transparent about that if that was clear. If not, that wasn't clear, you can ask questions, but I'm trying to be very clear. Like, you know, that's, that's uh, I, I don't want people leaving feeling like our following up with families, you know, is a guarantee of one thing or another happening. The only guarantee is it is that we will learn more about how to better engage families, not necessarily how to get a different outcome. Oh, shit. 
I, I appreciate that, Superintendent. I mean, I think the thing for me, and I would say I, I would still like for us to give an up or down vote on the amendment as where we're at right now, and I, I still am going to be in support of the amendment. I have not seen enough progress, even though there has been progress, in our commitment to engage our community, to be responsive to our community, to make members of our community feel connected, seen, and heard. Not just one community, but multiple communities. And so it's not necessarily a reflection on the people who were engaged in this process, but the district from my vantage point, has not done enough to address the fact that we don't do a good job of building community and bringing people in. And this is another reflection of us engaging in processes which are very important and vital in that we decide that we are going to put something on the back burner so we can make sure this work moves forward. And for me, I need to see us take a stand and say that that has to stop and that we have to hold the superintendent accountable and responsive to the things that we need to see to be able to approve some of these things. And so that is, I think, where I'm at and what I would hope that the rest of the commissioners would support me as we move forward. I'd just like to pose one last question to the board as a whole, um, because my vote is only advisory. I think if there, we are at a point where you've heard from representatives of two communities tonight, the student community, uh, Megan and I, and um, the Arab and Muslim community, that they do not feel they were properly engaged in this process, are we ready to have two-year calendars? If the work isn't done yet. I think that is what the central question we are voting on is. Yeah. I appreciate that, and, and I, I want to say again, I think, and this, uh, and we've, we've said this, but I think really the question is, um, the question that we ultimately need to come up to answer when coming out, uh, uh, regardless of the outcome of this, is what is an answer to that question? What constitutes an answer to that question that we all agree, and, and you use the word, is reasonable that we can answer, right? So even as you're talking, uh, Lenani, like one thing I, you know, it, it, you know, in terms of like the survey, I was, I was checking like, yeah, this was not a survey that we asked every student to do, right? Um, but there are surveys where we do stop class and ask everybody, every student to do. And you were saying how that feels like um, though we're checking the box, right? And that's what's so hard about this and that like, this is why I'm looking forward to the conversation because what I'll, 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 I'm going to speak for our team here. It's like we do not, we're not doing this just to check the box, right? Like we didn't get into education to say, oh, we just, you know, we're, we're getting into this business to not listen to people, right? We got into this business to support students and, and to, um, you know, support the families of those students. So like what does it mean for students to, you know, what's the threshold of when like, a, you know, students are being heard or communities being heard? That's really what we have to, um, we have to figure out and and but anyways I think we've committed to doing that I just want to emphasize regardless of the outcome to me that's my my big takeaway that that's the question that we need to we need to answer um, uh, what is what you know what are we saying this really looks like okay this is the end but I am gonna say like just for context I've sat here when there's a queue of people who are so frustrated we don't have a calendar that are trying to plan and we're going back and forth. 
because we can't get it together or because we're hung up on one thing. So this is why I'm saying if we can get a two-year calendar going and, and with the, the opportunity, and we're not talking about like rethinking the whole calendar. What I'm hearing here is, is around a really specific area where there needs to be, there's a desire for greater demonstration. This is not about like, do we reimagine the calendar, go back out in community? I mean, we can't, I, I want to remind you what's ahead of us. Like we, this year, I just really, really want to implore this board to understand that we have $150 million that we need to find. So there is real serious work. And I understand the frustration and the frustration with imperfect because, dear Lord, this is part of why I hesitated and flinched a little about taking this role. Because here is what I've said so many times. We are going to have to do difficult, uncomfortable, unpleasant things in imperfect situations. We cannot, if we cannot make best of decisions, we are going to have a very hard year because there's going to be, um, and, and I would just encourage us when we can to move forward, to iterate, to commit to monitoring, that is not something that we, we haven't built that muscle, so it feels like unclear what I'm talking about, but we have to commit to monitoring, we have to commit to do better, but we also have to let go. I mean, I, I feel like stringing this community along over and over and over again here has just been a total disservice. So. I mean, if, you, if we want to do it again, we can do it again. But um, I also think what I really would like to see is the development of a relationship around our students and their success and what is happening for them in the classroom, what is happening for them in the classroom. So I just implore you to just consider that when you vote and however you want to vote, that is totally fine. We've had a robust discussion. I think everyone's put their cards on the table and, and been honest and, and clear. And if we can, they have to go soon, so I want to make sure they can vote before we, yeah. Well, I do just want to say, I mean, like, I'm committed to our governance process, but I'm committed to us following it with fidelity. My, my support for this amendment is all about meeting our guardrails, which I don't think we've done. And I think if we don't start doing it now, and if we start not doing it now, in fact, we're in for a world of hurt when we have to make the harder decisions here in a couple months. So that's why I'm holding this line here. I, Like I said, we as a board have to do it ourselves too. We have a whole lot of governance work we haven't done. I'm committed to that too. We have to make hard decisions for ourselves as a board too, not just for the leadership team. All right. And with that, I've lost. I've lost the rules now. So now we just can vote. Now we can just vote, right? We're, we're going to vote on the amendment. On the voting on the we're amendment. We're voting on the amendment as, on the floor. As put forward, yes. Okay. And Mark is also available. He's online too. So let's not okay. forget him. We will not. And he, yeah, I, I yeah, he, Mark, last chance to say anything. <laughs> Roll call vote. Hello. I've enjoyed the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Commissioner Sanchez. Go ahead. Go ahead on the roll call vote. Yeah, great. Um, student Delegate Simpson, on the amendment. Yes. Student Delegate Toe. Yes. Commissioner Alexander. Yes. 
Commissioner Fisher? Yes. Commissioner Lamb? No. Commissioner Matamidi? No. Commissioner Sanchez? Yes. Vice President Wiseman Ward? Commissioner Wiseman Ward. Excuse me, <laughs> Commissioner Wiseman Ward. <laughs> no. Uh, President, or Commissioner Bogus. Commissioner Bogus, yes. Yes. Passes, four eyes. Amendment passes with four eyes. All right, so then we move on to the next. We do another roll call vote. We do another roll call vote on the calendar with the 25, 26 year stricken from it, correct, General Counsel? Yes, before the board now would be the approval of the proposed 2024 2025 school year academic calendar only. This would be an approval, would be to adopt. That calendar. Just a one-year calendar. Yes. Okay, great. Um, student Delegate Simpson? Yes. Student Delegate Toe? Yes. Commissioner Alexander? Yes. Commissioner Fisher? Yes. Commissioner Lamb? Yes. President Matomedy? Yes. Commissioner Sanchez? Yes. Commissioner Wiseman Ward? Yes. Commissioner Bogus. Yes. Seven eyes. Passes. All right. We'll be quicker on the rest of the stuff, That's right? That's okay. Right. Um, and thank you so much. I'm glad that you were able yeah, to stay for the conversation. And thank you for reminding me about nine o'clock, which also means that we're supposed to, I do believe, uh, get approval to extend the meeting. Mm -mm. Oh, 10 o'clock? Oh, my God. We're going to finish before. Okay, thank you. So hopefully you, we won't be extending. Okay, so the next action item is um, we're still in Section C, action item two, unrepresented employees' salary increases per board policies 4251 and 4351. And with that, I um, hand it over to the superintendent or his designee. Maybe we should move it right away this time. Yeah, okay. Thank you. Let's move it. Mm -hmm. so, so moved. Second. Okay. Thank you. Um, uh, thank you. And we just want to give a brief presentation on um, this item. And in light of our previous conversations, I know uh, one might ask, well, why is anything around anything that might uh, result in an increase in cost be brought forward to the board right now? Um, and so we wanted to have an opportunity to explain why that's the case because in the end, just as we talked about, there are some areas where we feel like we are going to need to invest more, even as we're saying there are other areas where we will invest less. And we've talked about the need to invest in our valued staff who are working incredibly hard uh, to try to move this district forward. And so uh, that's the ultimate rationale for bringing this forward, but to provide a little bit more detail. Uh, I'll turn it over again to Associate Superintendent uh, Barr. Thank you. Bayer, sorry. Bayer, yeah. <laughs> no. um, so as uh, the superintendent said, we've um, already settled with our other bargaining groups. So we're here to talk tonight about unrepresented employees. Uh, these employees fall into, oh, sorry, the clicker. Uh, these employees fall into two groups. It's unrepresented non-management. Um, these are classified staff, um, primarily working in HR and business, and unrepresented management. So for the classified management, this is classified managers and above, and certificated uh, directors and above. 
so we do have some board policy that give the board some guidance on this. Um, board policy 4251 addresses unrepresented non-management and that policy is very clear. It says that their salary shall be increased consistent with any raises that SEIU achieves. And 4351 um, addresses management raises. Um, we had brought that policy in June to, for revision um, to really to allow some flexibility about when and how to implement the increase. It was important to us that we settled with our other bargaining units prior to uh, giving raises to unrepresented management. Um, so that was revised back in June. So the recommendation, recommendation tonight is for unrepresented non-management that the salary schedules are increased um, commensurate with the increase that was provided to SEIU, which is a 16% raise retroactive to uh, July 1st of 2022. And for unrepresented management, the recommendation is to increase grades one through seven uh, commensurate with the increase that was provided to UASF which is 6% retroactive to July 1st of this year, sorry, last year, July of 23. Um, and we're recommending that the salary increase is not in, um, applied to grade eight or the superintendent. Grade eight is a new uh, column that was added last spring by the board. And so we are not recommending that that column be increased. Uh, the rationale is that this would remain consistent with um, board policy and past practice. Uh, it's a recruitment tool. It's a very competitive hiring market. Um, we're really struggling to uh, replace managers in classified management and non-management positions, both in HR, business, uh, operations, and technology. Uh, this is a retention issue. Uh, we also intend to reduce our numbers of unrepresented management through the resource alignment process in the spring. And we also need to con uh, remain competitive with city positions because much of our unrepresented staff is also competing for those positions. Um, and as a reminder to the board, the cost of this increase was included in the first interim report and the AB 1200 that came to the last board meeting, so there's no new financial impact. Um, one thing I do want to mention just briefly before um, is just a technical thing about the salary schedule. There's two issues that will come up if we do not apply this increase to unrepresented management, and that's um, salary schedule compression and compaction. Compression is when there's no difference between groups um, despite the, the difference in skill and, and experience and requirements for those jobs. And then compaction is when um, subordinates uh, earn close to or more than their supervisor. And so I just did want to point out to the board that um, after the SEIU um, increases applied to our, um, uh, our unrepresented non-management staff, um, the top of, as an example, the administrative analyst position will be higher than all of the manager one, manager two, and steps one through four of director. So um, this really does provide a problem for um, promotion and career paths and you know, giving people um, a path to higher uh, positions when they are making more than their supervisors, so. Thank you, and just to that point, uh, I wanna, uh, again, uh, end as I began in saying, you know, recognizing that um, 
you know, we're going to need to make considerations of where we're investing and uh, doing so in our value staff is important. And particularly though, uh, as, uh, com as uh, Associate Superintendent Bear explained, like we've incorporated this into our budget and into our, our planning for next year. Um, and so we're thinking about how to make sure we're retaining value staff, which is um, still noted in board policy 4351, but we do now have the flexibility to determine, you know, how to uh, move forward with that. And that's why, for example, we did do work last year to establish grade eight as uh, both competitive with uh, um, other districts while also addressing the issues of compaction and compression that um, uh, Associate Superintendent Bear uh, explained. And so we would, without that change, we wouldn't have had the ability for this, this kind of uh, move, these kind of moves and flexibility, uh, but we still want to be able to move forward with, again, that investment in, in staff so we can move forward with the work. And that's the end of my presentation. All right, I'm going to open it up for discussion and I'm going to ask that we make it quick and concise so we can get out here at a reasonable time. I will second that. My question is regards to the fiscal impact. Looking at board docs, not seeing a number listed, knowing that we got that information previously, could you please share with us now the estimate of the cost related to this again? I actually don't have that broken down, unfortunately. Yeah. That no, we had that in the question we responses. Okay. It was, I think it was 2.25 million um, uh, it would be the, um, this year's impact. And for next year, it actually might be a little less because we expect to have fewer uh, unrepresented managers. Thank you. And what's the savings of the reduction yeah. in positions? Um, and then from central office unrepresented management, I think it was about uh, 16 million, if I had that correct. Uh, yeah, and then, and again, that was incorporated into the $104 million plan we, we brought forward. But so just to be clear, we're saving, I think it's 16.5 million and then spending a little more than $2 million on raises for the reduced number of people to retain quality, retain and attract quality people is your strategy that's related to meeting our academic goals. Exactly. <laughs> the look I just got, Vice President Alexander. Goodness. That was like a dad look. Wow. <laughs> no, I just had a clarifying question, you know, about board policy 4251. Unrepresented management is commensurate to SEIU whenever they get raises. Is the same true in reverse if SEIU, uh, so, I mean, if we, give, if we give raises to unrepresented management, are we turning around and opening bargaining with SEIU? There's no reopener in the SEIU agreement. And, and just to clarify, it's that 4251 is um, unrepresented non-management. Thank you for that clarification. And, and we, but we eliminated the Me Too clause, right? That's clear to everybody, right? So this is not, moving forward, UASF or other bargaining units is not, there's no Me Too clause for unrepresented management anymore, correct? You modified 4351, which is unrepresented management, so that's correct. You eliminated the Me Too for um, unrepresented management. Right. It remains for um, unrepresented non-management in 4351. Right, right, right. Yeah, sorry. Yes, thank you. 
<laughs> I was going to move to vote, but everyone's left the room. Okay, so let's go ahead and. Okay, all right. So let's let roll call vote. Roll call vote. Number two, unrepresented salary increase. Commissioner Alexander, Vice President Alexander. Yes. <laughs> I'll answer to either. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Commissioner Fisher. Yes. Commissioner Lamb. Yes. President Matamidi. Yes. Commissioner Sanchez. Yes. Commissioner Wiseman Ward. Yes. Commissioner Bogus. Yes. Seven eyes passes. Let's see if we can do that again. Um, so, <laughs> item three. Employment contracts for district executive employees, and I'll, again, I'll hand it over to the superintendent or his designee. Uh, thank you. We're bringing forward three contracts, and per an education code, whose number I don't have right in front of me, but uh, 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 Manuel Martinez will cite, we need to, when bringing forward executive contracts, uh, the broad terms of those contracts need to be read aloud and be considered as an action item. They can't be in consent. So. Superintendent, I'm going to need the details for the other two. I only have one for the general counsel. Oh, that's, uh, and I'll read the general counsel right now. Before the board, the board will consider approving employment agreement with Mr. Rodney Moore for the general counsel position. This agreement will commence on February 1st, 2024 and run through December 31st, 2025. The salary placement for Mr. Rodney Moore will be Salary grade eight, step seven of the management salary schedule. Apologize, just one moment, please. The board will consider approving an employment agreement with Mr. David Lamo uh, Malone, Technology Service Director, Officer. Officer. The agreement will commence on January 17, 2024 and run through June 30, 2025. The salary placement for David Malone will be salary grade six, step eight of the management salary schedule. There is one more. The board will consider per approving an amendment to the contract for Associate Superintendent Demetrius Rice Mitchell to extend the contract through June 2025. The salary placement for Associate Superintendent Demetrius Rice Mitchell will be salary grade eight, step seven of the management salary schedule. Thank you for your patience.
Okay, so at this point, do I make the motion? Do I make a motion to? It's at the pleasure of the chair. You can move to approve them individually. You can move to approve them collectively. Are we fine moving to approve them collectively? Okay, so I move to approve them collectively. May you Second. You, okay, great. Okay, roll call vote. Thank you. Vice President Alexander? Yes. Commissioner Fisher? Yes. Commissioner Lamb? Yes. President Matomini? Yes. Commissioner Sanchez? Yes. Commissioner Wiseman Ward? Yes. Commissioner Bogus? Yes. Seven eyes, pass. Okay, now we move into the public hearing. Um, this is the public hearing item one, public hearing on initial proposals from United Administrators of San Francisco, UASF, to the San Francisco Unified School District. I now open the public hearing on initial proposals from United Administrators to the San Francisco Unified School District. Um, so should I make a motion? Yes. So I'll make a motion right now. Mm -hmm. Second. Um, and now I call on Superintendent Wayne to introduce his designee. Actually, so this is just a, um, a public hearing for the public to comment on UASF's Sunshine proposal to reopen um, contract negotiations for compensation. Uh, they, their contract contains uh, language that says when settling with the UESF that the district and UASF will reopen compensation. Correct? So really it's for the public to comment on the proposal. So do we have any comments? We do not. All right. Any comments from the board or superintendent? Oh, we need to check virtual. Oh. If there are any members of, of the public who care to uh, give their public comment on this public hearing on the initial proposal from UASF to San Francisco Unified School District, please raise your hand. Can we please have that repeated in Spanish and Chinese? Buenas noches. Este es un momento para los comentarios públicos para la proposición inicial del Distrito Unificado de San Francisco. Por favor, levante su mano. Thank you. Seeing no hands raised. Um, thank you. And so I know that there was a motion made, I think maybe to open the public hearing, but we can close the public hearing and you actually then accept this proposal. It's in consent. So just for uh, the public to be aware, whenever there's a sunshine, it's initially shared at a previous meeting. We did that at the previous meeting. Then there's the public hearing opportunity. Then the board accepts the proposal. And then we actually begin the negotiations. Okay, so moving on to um, item I, the consent calendar. Are there any items withdrawn or corrected by the superintendent? No. Okay, can I ask for a motion? So moved. A second. Second. Okay. With that, um, Judson, a roll call, please. Yes. Thank you, Com um, Vice President Alexander. Yes. Commissioner Fisher. Yes. Commissioner Lamb. Yes. President Matamidi. Yes. Commissioner Sanchez. Yes. Commissioner Wiseman Ward. Yes. Commissioner Bogus. Yes. Seven eyes. All right. I like this part of the meeting. 
Um, so, <laughs> item J, board members' reports. Um, are there any um, item one uh, report from any board delegates to membership organizations? Or any, all other reports by board members? And any discretionary advisory committee appointments by commissioners? Well, all right, then our favorite, item K, adjournment. Um, I adjourn this meeting at 926.